to get my <laughs> hey welcome everybody it's another uh, live episode of uh sit rep we got uh our my main man ian chadrick over here and then we got a special guest tonight which is uh, alan r aguire but he disappeared oh there he is hey, <laughs> how's it going everybody uh, just ran in from the the weather outside from the from the wilds of utah notice i was wearing flat dark earth it's the new black it's like i heard there's like 12 people left in utah is that true man okay so i live in a small mountain town for a reason right i left the big city of los angeles and then the big city of dallas i go to new york on vacation i'm a big city boy so i live in the mountains of utah to get away from all that right yeah, because of Sundance Film Festival and Park City and the ski resort. Yeah, we live in the epicenter for this virus for the state of Utah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So, so all of us, all, store, all, all, all of them got it. Still there. What's that? When you go to the store, the masks are all still there. They're not sold out. Right. Well, see, that's the thing. These people, uh, I've been wearing gloves for a long time out, out there, and I've been wearing a mask for a long time. I literally have been wearing a mask and a glove in public, getting all the hard looks uh, from people. And then, you know, in the last two weeks, people have slowly been doing the mask thing. More people are doing the glove thing. But I'm like, you know, so I have, I literally haven't been to a store in like, oh, I don't know. The only place I've been going to is the post office to mail out these books that people are ordering. Thank you very much. And, um, so, right, so I literally have not been to a supermarket or anything like that for weeks and weeks. I had to go to a Walgreens on Friday because uh, my wife burned her hand during Shabbat prep. It got totally we prayed for it and it got totally it's totally healed. It's awesome. But anyway, so we had to go to Walgreens, and I'm like, oh, you know. So I've got the mask on, I've got the gloves on, <sighs> right, the whole thing, and we, and I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, I haven't been to a store like I said for weeks. And we're going to the counter, and there's and I hear this. <coughs> this consistent dry cough. And I look, and there's a woman, no gloves, no mask, touching all the after Easter cell items and coughing on them, this dry cough. And I'm like, that's a dry cough. You've got the Rona. And I'm like, you, what are you doing in here? There's signs saying you can't be in here. You know, and I'm like, <sighs> and she's like, <coughs> the whole time. And I look, I get, and I'm at the cashier and I'm trying to pay, got my gloves on and stuff. And I'm like, dude, you better put a mask on. He didn't think that was funny. I go, no, I'm serious, dude. That woman's coming for you. And she's got the Rona. <laughs> this is a true story. I posted it on Facebook. So it's yeah, true. I saw it. <laughs> it makes it true. It really happened. Uh, my experience has yeah, been. on her. I went, I, went to, <laughs> I went to Rural King and I'm just walking in because I'm looking for stuff for the chicken. Went to where? Rural King. It's a Midwest thing. It's it's basically like a hillbilly store. I mean, they've got oh, everything right. from the White Castle. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually where my Rural King is, there was a White Castle in the same parking lot. I know what I'm talking about, oh. man. <laughs> so I went to Rural King and I was walking in. Now, what, just, wait, what are you saying? Royal King? Rural. Like rural. rural. Oh, rural. Yeah, rural. Yes. yes. You know, I have a, I have a test for you people like you. So I lived in, <laughs> I lived in Texas for a while, and, I, and my test would be, say, fine white rice. 
And they go, fine white rice. They can't <laughs> say fine white rice. Anyway, so you were at Rural, Rural King. At Rural King. <laughs> you can buy there. You can buy farm and feed. You can buy Lowe's, like tools, everything you can think of. So, what, and you do you hear that? <laughs> hearing like, yeah, man, it's so cool. Yeah, so I so I walked in and uh, this the the lady who was standing at the front proceeds to yell at me and tells me I need a cart, and I'm mm -hmm. like I'm looking around and there's like four other people waiting for her to wipe these carts down. Apparently, it's how they like they've limited. You can only have like 50 people in the store at one time. I'm just yeah. walking in to go look at something, and she's like, "You need to have a cart." And I'm like, oh, I forgot. You know, carts kill coronavirus. I completely forgot about that. Like I say, this is for everybody. And they just start laughing. But they literally made like husbands and wives and even like little kids pushing the car, like their own separate cart. And oh, I was like, funny. oh, man, you've got to be kidding me. So I, I literally walked in and walked out. I've, there's been a couple of instances. I just literally walked into a place or like drove up and they had 50 people standing out in line of like Lowe's. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. Sorry. Like I said, I've only been to the post office except for my one excursion. And there's a lady in there. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to give you the corona. <laughs> Touching everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, yeah. Oh. I haven't been worried about it in in the least. I've I've literally went into like I did the math for it. The average is about four to five people's houses a day, five days a week for the last 28 28 days now and so that's over 500 exposures not to mention they didn't give us gloves or masks or anything like that to start with and i still don't even wear them I, the, the people wearing gloves all the time is driving me nuts like everybody looks like dollar store ninjas and they're wearing gloves well it's it's probably fine if you use one pair of gloves to go out but these people like cashiers are handling everybody's money and like i saw this lady like popping medication with the same rubber gloves you know, like wiping their face, touching, you know, like I'm, I'm like, oh, you guys not know what cross contamination is like, you know, people in drive throughs they're they're handing me my food after they just taken the money using the same gloves. I'm like, this is like just the nastiest thing ever. I mean, I worked. I think Ian did, too. Didn't you say you worked in uh, like for at a nursing home, Ian, at one point? No, that was like, oh, that was my butt. That was another friend of mine. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, I you, used to you have more. You have more friends than just Ian. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I, I, uh, oh man, it just, it just drives me nuts. And then the, the masks thing, wow. like the masks that you're wearing. Was, you that, actually, was that dry cough? That was dry cough. <laughs> the man was wearing the masks thing. I was with the mask. If you just take a can of Lysol and you spray it through the mask and you can see the stuff come out the other side, that mask is going to do absolutely nothing to stop, you know, you coughing or anything on somebody. What's the weird thing is I'm, I'm seeing people driving with masks on in their own car with the windows up. I'm like, this isn't an airborne type of thing. The spores <laughs> aren't going to get you. Dude, there are people wearing them all day in their homes. Like that's, we were talking about that on the phone the other day, I think. Would it be weird if I shared with you? Carbon dioxide. Would it be weird if I shared with you guys that I'm wearing my gloves and mask? <laughs> Are you having trouble breathing? Because hey, breathing carbon monoxide all day. These billion ventilators that we have. Well, I've, heard, I've, I've heard reports of the ventilators are actually hit, killing the people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've heard everything. It's like it's like it's like Yahtzee, dude. You got twelve dice. Who are you gonna go with? Oh man! Insane. 
Now the now the ventilators are killing people, huh? Yeah, the ventilators, the five G, the ventilators. What else? Yeah. What else have we heard out there? Oh no! So so apparently, um, with all the articles I've been reading, uh, a dead body can spread Corona, and a fart can spread Corona. Well, that's what I heard. I heard that about that one. <laughs> so what, what about the cat? The cat in Sweden or something like that? I drove by a fire station today, and they have a little sign where they always like to write something you know, catchy. And they put like, if you can smell the fart, you're too close. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> it's like getting, this is getting ridiculous. Well, did you see my, uh, I don't know if you guys actually follow me on Facebook, but I was out there uh, with my mask on and my, my full on steampunk goggles. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I took the mask off. They say that in warmer temperatures, uh, it kills the Rona. And then, while I'm in, it's snowing. <laughs> It's like, yeah. like I'm screwed. The <laughs> <laughs> <So> warm <laughs> the little fart emojis. Uh, that's great. I'm not familiar with emoji slang. Those are fart emojis. Yeah, that that would. I don't know what it actually represents, but yeah, everybody uses those as fart fart emojis. Well, this, this, we've been on. How long we've been on? It's gone. It's gone downhill real fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the, <laughs> so they're coming out now and saying that um, we're all going to die because of the methane levels. <laughs> we're all going to die. Are in their homes just eating. And some people have bought too much toilet paper and not enough food. So they've been eating the toilet paper. And now the methane levels are out of control and they're melting the icebergs, which is releasing more viruses unknown strands out into the air and the penguins are dying. See, that's not what, what I read on Facebook was that the, the ozone layer is healing itself and the glaciers are coming back. So which one is it? The, the, the dolphins have returned to Italy. Yeah. Yeah. The waters in the, in the canals and stuff are all mm-hmm. like clearing a picture up. Of a, of a moose on, you know, uh, downtown Chicago or something, Madison Avenue, or what was that? That's in a movie, isn't it? What movie is that with Will Smith? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was that? Was yeah, uh, I was going to watch that. I never got around to watching that. Uh, somebody, I know somebody in the chat's going to know. It's, it's the one where he was, he was fighting the like vampire. The German Shepherd. Yeah. See, no, 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 no. There's a bear and a lion downtown. What movie is that? If you don't know it. 2012. No. Come on. <laughs> 12, 12 monkeys. 12 monkeys. 12 monkeys. Yeah, that's what I feel like we're living ever in. made. Ever made right there. 12 monkeys. I feel like that's what we're living in. 12 monkeys. Oh, yeah. That's sure. like the best movie. Yeah, I, I always wanted to make an album like the 12 monkeys movie. You know, because it's, it's that con- there's, there's just something about that movie that's amazing. Time shifting and <laughs> the chat is just is just killing it tonight. <laughs> Chad, who's Chad? No, the chat. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here's yeah. To you. So, yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about this duality thing. I think I had a post that was on. I think it's circulated pretty well where it talks about Jumanji. like. Yeah, Jumanji had a bunch of stuff too. I have a video of us playing Jumanji with my grandkids back in like January or February. I, we, it's our fault. <laughs> you released it. <laughs> Release the Kraken. 
I gotta see if I can pull this up here real quick. So what are we doing tonight? Do you, uh, you guys disturbed me from my uh, turkey pot pie. Why? Because <laughs> we want you to talk about some prophecy stuff. Ooh. Yeah, we want to hear some prophecy stuff because there's a lot going on. And kind of the point of this show is we can talk for hours about a million different scenarios and what we think is going down based off of the knowledge that we have. But as the body of Christ, what are we supposed to be thinking about in a responsible way? What What is our res response supposed to be to all this uh, according to what the Holy Spirit is telling us? and not what we think is happening. Should we even be trying to guess at this point? What do you think? I found that article thing real quick. Okay, yeah. Let's, let's give it a throw another wrench. <laughs> I found that new wrench, my left-handed wrench. The deeper the hole gets, the cooler it is when we finally crawl out of it. You know? <laughs> so well, these are the, the, from the, side here. the 25 rules. For like the you know these are the these are the rules that you have to follow for COVID nineteen. Number one, basically you can leave the house for any reason, but if you have to, or you can't leave the house for any reason, but if you have to, then you can. Masks are useless, but maybe you have to wear one. If you if it can, let's see, it can save you. It is useless, but maybe it is mandatory as well. Stores are closed except those that are open. Uh, number four is you should go to hospital unless you or you shouldn't go to a hospital unless you have to go there. Same right, applies right here for a second, because we have a friend that had a kid that broke their arm. They went to the hospital. She's three. And they told her that they were not allowed to go. The parents were not allowed to go back in with the little girl because of coronavirus. So they were going to literally set this girl's broken arm with no parents. And they couldn't go see her until she got to the other room. So they refused treatment. That's crazy. Well, whereas in Dallas, I have some friends that had a kid who's like 10 or 11, 12 years old, broke his clavicle, uh -huh. and they were able to go with him. They, they tested them. They gave him a what uh, temperature. Yeah. <laughs> they rolled a little thing on there, <laughs> or they gave him a dot. Was this an Indian thing? Was this oh an Indian thing? Uh, they, they tested their, and when they determined they didn't have a fever, they let their parents in there with the kid. So. Yeah, it's ridiculous how ununiform everything is. Right, there are no standards. No, it's whatever anybody wants to do at this right. point. Anyway, yeah. I think Samson was on his on, on number nine. Yeah, on five. <laughs> the virus is deadly, but still not too scary, except that sometimes it actually leads to a global disaster. Uh, number six, gloves won't help, but they can still help. Uh, number seven, everyone needs to stay home, but it's important to go out. Number eight, there is no shortage of groceries in the supermarket, but there are many things missing when you go there in the evening, but not in the morning sometimes. Number nine, the virus uh, has no effect on children except those it affects. Number 10, animals are not affected, but there is still a cat tested positive in Belgium. Uh, in uh, Belgium, not Sweden. <laughs> uh, number 11, you will have many symptoms when you are sick, but you can also get sick without having symptoms, have symptoms without being sick, or be contagious without having symptoms. Uh, number 12, in order not to get sick, you have to eat well and exercise, but eat whatever you have on hand and it better not, it's better not to go out. Um, it's better to get some fresh air, but you can get looked at wrong when you get some fresh air. And most importantly, you don't go to parks or walk, but don't sit down except that you can, you can do that now if you're old, but not for too long. And if you are there and you shouldn't be there if you're pregnant. 
Please just keep going. Uh, <laughs> number 14, you can't go to retirement homes, but if you have to take care of an elderly and then, but if you have to take care of the elderly and bring food and medication, number 15, if you are sick, you can't go out, but you can go to the pharmacy. Uh, number 16, you can get restaurant food delivered to the house, which may have been prepared by people who didn't wear masks or gloves, but you have to have your groceries decontaminated outside your house for three hours. <laughs> That's so stupid. I have, I have an Amazon opening routine type of uh, thingamajigger I do. Do you wipe everything down with sanitizer wipes? No, I go in there with gloves and my knife and just start shredding stuff out. <laughs> what I need and get rid of the box without touching anything as much as I can. Uh, no, number 18, you can't see your, your older mother or grandmother, but you can take a taxi and meet an older taxi driver. Um, number 19, you can walk around with a friend, but not with your family if they don't live under the same roof. Uh, number 20, you are safe if you maintain the appropriate social distance, but you can't go out with friends or strangers at a safe so social distance. 21, the virus remains active on different surface surfaces for two hours. No, four hours. No, no, six. No, did we say hours? Maybe days, but it takes a damp. But it takes a damp environment. Oh no, not necessary. <laughs> it can be dry. Uh, Twenty-two. The virus stays in the air. Well, no, or yes, maybe. Especially in closed room. In one hour, a sick person can infect ten. So if it falls, all of our children were already affected at school before that closed. Um, but remember, if you stay at the recommended social distancing, however, in certain circumstances, you should maintain a greater distance, which studies show the virus can travel further, maybe. Uh, 23, we count the number of deaths, but we don't know how many people are infected as we have only tested so far those who are almost dead to find out if that's what they may have died of or may, may <laughs> die of. Uh, number 24, we have no treatment except that there may be one that apparently is not dangerous unless you take too much, which is the case with all medications. It's a time five. <laughs> number 25 is uh, we should stay locked up until the virus disappears, but it will only disappear if we achieve collective immunity. So when it circulates, but then we must no longer be locked up for that. So that's literally like the uh, the 25 contradictory statements that we're supposed to be following. That took a long time. To <laughs> it's hard to read. <laughs> my favorite is uh, my favorite is putting sand or dirt in uh, skate parks. Oh yeah, yeah. What in the world, man? Oh no, did you guys see the? Uh, they have an app that you can take a picture of a business or if people are gathering together. Like they're they're putting on like metal or wooden clamps on basketball goals and stuff like that, so people can't play basketball. I mean, but you can take a picture. And you can send it to the Homeland Security or somebody like that, whoever's in charge of all that now, from an app on your phone. And they'll come out and investigate of a business that's open or people who are standing too close or playing in a park together. It's, it's, I mean, it's very uh, Gestapo-esque, I guess I could say. It's amazing. Go ahead. I'm just saying I'm pretty pissed off about the whole thing. Honestly, this is annoying to me, super annoying. And I'm glad I don't live in Michigan because I would have rioted by now. <laughs> You're not allowed to go fishing. You're not allowed to buy seeds. There's so much crap that you're not allowed to do up in Michigan. Yeah, it's out and of I don't, I don't really get it right now. I don't understand. Yeah, and so everyone who's anti-Trump, you know, that tyrannical president of ours, actually is standing up for those people that are living in those states that are being treated unjustly by their um, Democratic governors. Did we just get political? 
Yeah. Yep. Uh, probably gonna delete the show anyways. They're gonna what? What? They're gonna delete the show? Yeah, somebody will report it, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what's the the thing is like uh, any disinformation on yeah, the coronavirus. Said that if you were put anything about uh, about viruses, people are saying they can't hear me. You should be able to hear me, man. That's all I'm saying. And maybe I'll change this a little bit more towards your left. Yeah, yeah, almost. <laughs> no, no. Uh, right there. Now we can't see. He prefers it that way, anyways. We just need to get you a smiley face. Like <laughs> the one I said was snapshot it now. It's almost like a bag. Yeah, I don't even remember what I was talking about, man. What were we talking so about? You said it was irritating you because things were happening. Oh. We are talking about reporting how you were reporting on your neighbors. No, that wasn't me. Oh. I'm actually the only one out and hanging out with people. I'm inviting people over. I broke quarantine. I left my state to come see you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we had friends over this weekend. How long is the, uh, what's the, um, can you go back in time and report on that app? Probably. Like, hey, I'm going to report a previous incident from last week. <laughs> I'm sure you could. Yeah. Well, let's get on with this because it is it is something that we need to address is what's really going on as far as uh, what what's the Holy Spirit saying to us? Because there was a lot of prophetic stuff happening before Passover and it was contingent on Passover. Now that Passover's done. I did tend to forget. I, I still forget sometimes that there's a second Passover. So is that something in your opinion, Alan, do we have to wait to, for all these, you know, the, there were prophecies that the virus would dissipate as fast as it came right after Passover. Now, are we waiting for second Passover for so that? Technically, to, technically the word was on or around Passover. Um, and then, I started hearing about 40 days, a 50-day reset, bringing the Omer count into it. Uh, and and I was hearing about that, but I, that's, that's all I was doing was hearing about it. So I was still defending the word because – and here's how I was defending it. I was defending it like this. Um, there are people that, that – include the Omer count as part of the Passover season leading. It's like a bridge between Passover to Shavuot. That's like an actual thing. I actually write about, mention it in my feast book. So it's not like something we're just making up right now, nilly willy at the, you know, right. Um, it is a thing. Um, and of course, and then Kim mentioned second Passover, which is still like two weeks away. Yeah. Three, two and a half weeks away. Yeah. That's like the biblical thing. So, right. So I got so so well this actually ties into what I was gonna actually what I came to prepare to talk about. Do you want to go there now or wait? Yeah, let's go. Let's go there. Okay. So check this out. Um Passover, right? So after Passover, um, you know, we did Passover and everyone's in bed, and it was around, I don't know, midnight or so. I was watching a video that Lance Wall now did on Wednesday the eighth. Um 
which is the 14th day of the right. So Wednesday, two Wednesdays ago. Oh yeah, two weeks ago today was Passover. So Lance had did a, a, a video earlier that day. It was like six hours old, and I was watching it. And and he brought up the 40 day thing, and he brought he was you know he brought it up, and I'm like man, I keep hearing about this 40 day thing, and so. As soon as I had finished watching that video, the Holy Spirit goes, hey, remember that word you, 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 you gave live on your Tuesday morning show a few months back? And I'm like, oh, uh, no, I don't remember that. Hey, Kevin, you want to put the, the link to that? And I'm like, uh, oh, I, oh, yeah, I did give a word. I totally forgot about that word. And I have no idea what the word is. I couldn't remember because it's not like I keep a little journal of words, you know. And um so I'm like, well, how am I going to, so he's like, well, yeah. So he's basically telling me, Hey, remember that word, go find that word. And I'm like, well, I don't remember that. You know, where am I going to find it? I don't know when it was. And I do a Tuesday, it's an hour and a half show on Tuesday. So that's like how many shows and how am I going to scrub to that? Anyway, literally like on the second or third shot, I literally scrubbed up, you know, I found one of the shows and scrubbed exactly two where I start speaking that word. That's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> I could have been there for days. And, uh, and, and so I had the word. So I, I listened to this word a few times, uh, went to bed, woke up the next day, which is the first, you know, the high Sabbath and listened to it again a couple of times, sent it to a few friends and went, Hey, here's a word from October 1st. Is this applicable? And they all said, yeah. So I delete, so I edited it to a, to a five minute segment. It's actually, there's actually more to the word. If you want to go look, it's the October 1st show. Kevin just gave you a post to the link of just the word. Um, it's, it's, it's not the whole video, right? It's just a five minute one, right, Kevin? So, and so here's what that word says. It says, um, during the fall feast, we're not entering into a new level because that would mean some people are graduating and some aren't. We're not entering into a new season because then that means there's a beginning and an end. Instead, we're all unanimously and equally, regardless of where you are, you know, whether you're a, a level two believer or a level eight believer, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking, uh, what's that weird? Scientology. Oh, <laughs> that other thing people are doing now. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about wherever you are on the scale of maturity in the Lord, regardless of where we are in our maturity in the Lord, regardless if you're saved or not, everybody on the entire planet that the world we live in, <laughs> I had to, I'm sorry. Regardless of where you are or who you are, whether you're saved or not. You know, this is my language for flat earth. Right. The entire planet is going to the next stage. Right now, the uh, a musical term is staging. Uh, staging means you're setting all your gear up off stage while a band's playing, so that when that band's done, you can get your your gear on stage as fast as possible, all set up the way it's supposed to already be set up. Right. So it, it's he's taking. We're entering to we're entering the next stage. That's what the word essentially says. That was October first, and. It had to, and, 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 and here was the rest of the word. God is like, he's like hitting the table as hard as he can and saying, enough. But then as a loving father, he's basically saying, come on, you know, it's time to, it's time to grow up. It's time to take care of your business. It's time to mature mm -hmm. in him. You need to start walking in maturity in him. 
And that's what that whole next stage thing was all about. So that was in October. The Holy Spirit reminded me of that um, two weeks ago on Passover. I was just as surprised as you are. And then uh, two day or two days ago or one day ago, something like that. Uh, the Holy Spirit woke me up at one in the morning. I came downstairs to go, all right, Lord, what do you have to say to me? And I found a prophetic word through a guy in New Zealand that was in alignment with everything that's being said. And so I posted that. Uh, I also brought up the Joshua generation. And then I, and on that guy's wall, so I don't even know who this guy is because he's a friend of somebody I am friends with. There was a word from Chuck Pierce, an interview from Chuck Pierce from April 7th, which is the, the day before the day before Passover, where right. he's actually talking about 40 days. Right. So prior to Passover, we have Chuck Pierce bringing up this 40-day thing. So it's not like he came up with it afterward because, right. oh, Passover's here and we're all still getting sick, okay? Because right. that's, that's how people like to do things. So there's all that. Now, so there's this, there's this theme of, um, okay, so in October, the Lord tells me we're going to the next stage. And it's a, it's a new stage of maturity in him. We have to be mature about it. And he's like, he's, enough is enough. And I also said that if you have a hard time hearing the, the voice of God, or if you have a hard time with supernatural things or, you know, anything in your walk, you're probably if you're if you haven't figured that out yet, you're probably still going to struggle with it. It's like, you know, it's like there's fifty percent of the virgins uh, missed out on his on his coming. It's just you know, don't be in that percentile. So that 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 word was October first. We've been we've been here. I've shared with you guys about the the Holy Spirit alerting me back in January, like January 9th or something. Uh, regarding money going going into my bank account, get cash and go pre get pre prepare with food sources and stuff like that. That happened January 9th. I had no idea why. I was just being obedient. But here's something that's interesting. So based on all this stuff that we're hearing, whether it's Chuck Pierce, whether it's Lance Wall now, whether it's this guy, I don't even know who it is from New Zealand, whether it's uh, what the Lord's telling me, or even um, uh, Dutch Sheets. I started writing, so my new book, and this isn't a plug, because it's not, but buy it. Put up the link, Kevin. Put up the link. <laughs> we have a 52. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be a show with Alan. If, if... You can plug it. In October, the Lord told us to write this. It's a 52-week devotional journal calendar. And... This is the devotional journal calendar and then just the unedited devotionals here. And we got these together. It's called the Excursion Pack. But he told me to write this in October, and it's a 52-week devotional journal calendar. The premise is 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 12, which is Paul telling his predominantly Gentile church not to be ignorant to our forefathers. He tells the Gentiles that Israel are their forefathers. Why? Romans, you're grafted in. And he tells them not to be ignorant to the fact that even though they were all saved and drank from the water and ate the bread and Jesus and all that, God was missed. He wasn't pleased with the majority of them. And they all died off in the desert because they were disobedient and they weren't listening to God. So in the introduction to this book, here's the introduction. 
-hmm. I say this. Um, the, the premise is Paul's warning regarding Israel in the desert and that these things were written down as an example and as a warning to us, the, to, to Gentile uh, end-time church. Israel's mistakes cost them their lives, physically and spiritually. In fact, Paul says in verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 10 that with most, most of them, God was not pleased, and they never made it to their prophetic destiny, their prophetic inheritance, the promised land. So what happened in the desert? What is Paul talking about? How do we heed these instructions? What are those instructions, and how do we avoid making the same mistakes? How do we enter our promised land, our prophetic destiny and inheritance? That's the amazing journey on which we're about to embark. This is called the amazing journey from Exodus, Egypt, to ingathering, the promised land, your prophetic inheritance. Why do I bring that up? Well, because Ian says, hey, Alan, you want to get in trouble and be on our prophetic uh, highlight reel show tomorrow night? Because, you know, how else can we get more in trouble with these people than to talk about prophecy? <laughs> <laughs> and I say, yeah, can we can we trigger some people? I'm there. <laughs> Round world. I'm just come on. Come on. I'm just messing with you guys. Anyway, <laughs> he goes, Hey, have so I go, Yeah, I'd love to. And he goes, Hey, have you have you um seen Dutch Sheets latest uh podcast with his older brother? And I'm like, No. And he goes, Then you need to you need to go check that out. So I did. Now remember what I I, I just talked about. October 1st, the Lord tells me we're all going to the next stage. It's a next stage of maturity. Whether you're ready or not, we're, we're, this thing is happening. And if you're not ready for it, you're probably not going to be ready for it. And he's saying, right. enough. It's time for you to be mature right? and to grow up and take care of your business. The link to that word in, uh, what's his name? Kevin put up. Then he tells us to write this book the way we wrote it. Uh, it's about your prophetic inheritance. How do you get to your promised land, to your point of ingathering? How do you get to the place where God can take you, right, into your prophetic destiny? Think of the, 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 the virgins. Some had lost their oil, forgot their oil. The other ones went and the other ones didn't. How do we get there without either being taken out by God or get taking ourselves out by what? Fear, doubt, and unbelief. In Numbers 13, Israel encountered a real situational problem the nephilim are are in the, the land that they've been delivered from egypt to go possess and inherit their promised land is infested with nephilim at least five tribes uh, that we know of five nephilim tribes and they're like huge huge guy a huge guy what's that movie what's that movie <laughs> I gave up the for the Lord. <laughs> it's not even the Hebrew hammer. Anyway, so right, so Numbers thirteen, Israel is in, is faced with a massive dilemma. Their own Corona, their own Rona, but it's the Nephilim. There's five tribes, right? Eighty percent of the of the spies gave a bad report and put fear, doubt, and and and. Uh, fear, down, unbelief in the people's hearts and caused a catastrophic situation for Israel. They decided to go with their flesh. 
and their mind instead of the spirit. Now, only 20% of the spies said, no, 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 no. They started speaking prophetic destiny. We've got this. God's got. God's going to win this for us. Uh, he's taken the favor off of them. We've already won this battle. Don't heed the bad report. The giants will be our bread. They will right. be our provision. See, that's the difference between walking in the flesh. Oh, no, the Nephilim, we're going to die. All our little children are going to be food for them. They're going to be like chicken nuggets for these guys. And then the other 20% are going, no, the spirit, walk in the spirit. So what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be walking in the spirit, not in the flesh. So think about the word in October that I gave, the premise of my book, the, the words inheritance and all that stuff. We're telling you, a lot of you know me or however, we've been, we're, we're speaking these things into existence in your lives. And check this out. This is what this new word from Dutch is that Ian asked me to go check out. And this is what I got from that. Well, this, is, this lines up with everything. So you guys that are watching this show, you know why we started this show. This started in January, January 1st. I believe it was January 1st on that Wednesday. But we started this show because we felt like God was calling us to do our part in raising up a Joshua generation. We're hoping that we're included in this. you know. But it's this whole walking into your prophetic destiny thing and in 2018, God told me when I was praying for direction, he said, get your house in order. And he just kept saying it over and over to me. Every time I prayed for something, it was get your house in order. And I, it was freaking me out because I'm like, um, I thought I knew what this meant, but you keep telling me. So apparently I'm not getting it, you know. But really what he was doing was he was instilling in me that I need to prioritize my life. What really is important and what do I, I need to start getting rid of some things because there's something that I'm walking into and I'm not going to have any time for this other stuff. I need to get my stuff straight. So then this year, all kinds of different little crazy coincidence things that happened, prophetic, you know, stuff, but the whole Joshua generation thing. And then walking into, you know, I asked Alan to help me understand this prophetic vision that I was I'm seeing in my head and, and I'm not really, I'm not, I wasn't as of, you know, a couple months ago, I wasn't sure who to watch in the prophetic side of things. You know, there's a lot of people out there that call themselves a prophet. Um, and so that not being my scene up until now, I don't, I didn't know who to watch and look for. So he helped me with that. And, and you know, the interesting thing is the first couple people I listened to, I, it immediately resonated with my spirit that these people are legit and it's resonating still. And that's why I shared this podcast because I think it's, it's important that we understand we're not to think about uh, what is it, is it in, is it, is it James the, where it says um, we're soldiers. We're not to concern ourselves with the things of this world, but we have one mission and that's to please the father. Is that in, is that in James, the book of James? I think it is. I'm not sure, but that's the that's our goal is to help you guys and help us um, to get focused and have a one track mind. And that's battlefield stuff. You know, everything's warfare at this point and how we react is super important. So let's try to get ourselves on the same page with the Holy Spirit so that we don't get left in the desert, you know, so to speak. 
because I think we're, we're literally seeing this, this parallel of the story of Exodus playing out right before our eyes. And we don't want to be on the opposite side. You know, we want to be in the 20% with the good report yeah. for sure. So go ahead. Okay. And here, I want to preface this. So the reason why I I'm sharing what the Lord told me in October, the book, the Lord told me to write in October. It's all about the Exodus and the trip from Egypt to Israel, uh, the promised land. And the reason why the reason why I'm saying all that and why God told me that is so that, and then and then here I am about I'm going to read you this and that Dutch said, and here's why it's not to go oh see I know what I'm talking about I'm right blah 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 no it's not to do that it's to do this it's to prove that we're trusted agents you know we're not just making this stuff up but we're actually hearing the Holy Spirit and speaking what the Holy Spirit is saying, and we're just confirming it with other people, with other words, with other prophetic voices, so that you know that th those of you that are watching this show and that watch my shows or whatever or buy my book, that we're not just making this stuff up. We're actually doing this. Why? And there's a reason why God has us do this. To, to, to be a trusted resource and a, and a trusted agent to equip and to be a resource and ultimately to glorify the Father by, by what, what does it say in Luke? We're preparing a people for the Lord. And I don't want to be listening to charlatans. I don't want to be listening to people that are, you know, saying one thing over here and doing another over here. No. So that's the only reason why I'm doing that. Is, is, remember when Paul... Paul explained his pedigree to prove, look, I'm not just some Yahoo off the street. I'm this, this, this. Okay, I'm a professional musician. I could sit here and give you my resume of musicianship to prove that you should probably listen to me when I talk to you about being a professional musician. That's all I'm doing. This is what we're, that's the resume. I'm giving you my biblical resume to prove that I'm not just some whack job. So here's what, so think about what, we, what we're talking about what the Lord's already told us, because look at what Dutch Sheet's talking about. So during Passover, Dutch was given a dream, was sent a dream. Somebody else had this dream. It wasn't Dutch. During this pause, this pause is like the Passover period, God is recalibrating our hearts towards him. Once this calibrating is complete, a reset will take place. This is like the fourth time I've heard that word. A reset will take place, and then a fresh baptism of consecration. Then it will be time for the fathers of the ecclesia of the church to release the spirit of adoption. Now, the spirit of adoption is the spirit of authority, maturity, releasing people into their destiny and assignments as fully mature sons and daughters. Though this is an online discipleship program. And, and Ian, you've seen this. You've got it. I think you've looked. You've looked at the. You know what I'm. What I'm holding here. Yeah. This is in line with what I just read. It's like blow. It blows my mind because I'm just a stupid punk rocker from L.A. That's all I am. Okay. So, the 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 church is to release the spirit of adoption. That's the spirit of authority, maturity, releasing people. Your maturity. See, not right. Releasing people into your destiny and in your assignment. As fully mature sons and daughters, that's called equipping the spirit of adoption, right? To release the spirit of adoption upon sons and daughters and baptize them into this and release them into destiny. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. A dec- right? And so in, in, in this dream, a declaration of Pharaoh, let my people go, was declared by a formidable apostolic leader. And then, right, and he repeats this over and over. Pharaoh, let my people go. And everybody in this dream is chanting it and declaring this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then he said, God is reconstituting, which is the word for restoring our nation. God is recalibrating. There's a reset and there's a and, 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 and reconstitute back to original intent and purpose, what we were created for, what this nation was created for, or whatever. Um, God has prepared an, an, an ecclesia. I'm sorry. God has prepared an ecclesia for this. God is going to reconstitute our nation as we follow the cloud by day. Here we go back to the amazing journey. Uh, the cloud by day are the apostles, and the fire by night are the prophets. Then he saw a Time magazine cover in his dream that said, Millions baptize into their inheritance. The spirit of adoption is upon America. That's why I read the, the intro to this about inheritance, spiritual inheritance, because it's what the Holy Spirit is talking about. And how, right? How weird is it that the Holy Spirit is talking about that and he already prepared us to write a resource to help you throughout that entire process? It freaks me out, <laughs> right? Because I'm just, you know. The reason why God can now recalibrate our nation back to original purpose and intent is because he has fathers, mothers, apostles, and prophets that hear his voice, that know how to receive strategy from God, that know how to raise up sons and daughters into their fullness and destinies, serving a generation, pulling them up into who God created them to be so that they can reform. These apostolic and prophetic leaders are now in place. Then Dutch's older brother, that's that dream that Dutch Dutch was sent on Passover. Dutch's brother starts going, wait a second, did you say April 8th? Because apparently these guys are not necessarily doing the feast. That's fine. Don't even start with me. And if you have any questions about that, then you'll have to buy this book. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm in full agreement with that. I, I really don't care. You know, I, I would love right. it if everybody could get on the calendar. Right. I think that's what God's doing when he's recalibrating things. He's right. getting everyone back on the calendar. And, you know, we're going to have to deal with some things. You know, we're getting calibrated according to what our, his original intent was, not what we made it, you know. Right. And that is going to cause division. I mean, we look at the look at this people that we talked about last week, several people denying Paul all of a sudden. I mean, well, that's been going on for quite a while. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, all of a sudden, like right now, it's all starting to come to a head. There's people just coming out with crazy stuff. You know, it, it's this everything is shifting. So I think, you know, not we're not we're not to dis, you know, disown anybody. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- that's not the point right now. Right. So well, unified with the commonality that we have instead of finding places to divide because it's super easy to divide right now. Oh, absolutely. So. So his older brother goes, wait, did you say April 8th? Because April 8th was the 14th day of the month of a bib. Right. That was preparation day. That day, that was Passover day. And then that night, Wednesday night, was uh, you know, the beginning of the high Sabbath and you know, all that, Passover and Shabbat. And later on that night, I was reminded of the word that I got back in October 1st. Okay. 
Right. Apparently, Chuck's older brother wakes up the next morning, which would be the 15th day, the high Sabbath of the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, blind in one eye. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, and he's like, oh, you know, but he thinks it's something spiritual. And so he asks God about it. And God, so, okay, Dutch prefaces this interview by saying that his brother has written like probably the best book in Dutch's opinion on angels. So I'll be getting that book because God, I think, has told me to understand how to, uh, to understand angels and their ministries and how, anyway, so I'm, I'm going to be buying that book. But so he asked the Lord, what's going on with my eye? I think it's spiritual. And apparently there's a whole bunch of angels, a whole like, I don't know, a battalion of angels known as the breakers that he has seen multiple times throughout his life. This guy's like way older than us. He's like 20, 30 this years old. I want to say something too. This is super cool for me. The church that I go to right now is the first church plant from Tim Sheets 30 years ago. Oh, nice. Isn't that interesting? I like that. Yeah, it is. it's pretty interesting. That's a flat. That's a small. Alive, man, and we're gonna bring him up to my house when we have that big shit. Okay. That'd be awesome. Did you hear what I said, Samson? What's that? Uh, I'm gonna flat. take that. I, I gotta. <laughs> that's a small flat Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, so so he's talking about these breaker angels that are like they're like a huge, massive amount of a battalion of them, and they carry these massive sledgehammers. And what they do is they they they. With, with enormous power and strength and force, they'll like hit the ground and declare things. And he goes, every time I've seen these angels, and he says he's seen them a lot, they always say the same three things. Their declarations. Break up. Break out. Break through. Yeah. But on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, two weeks ago tomorrow, when he woke up blind in one eye thinking it was spiritual, the Lord showed him these angels again, but they said two more things that they never said before. They said, as they're pounding the ground with declarations, break up, break out, break through, pass over, possess. Now, you don't you might not understand how this is very significant to me because in 2007 the Lord gave, started giving me this word about Joshua chapter 1 and Joshua chapter 5 in like 13 years ago and I've been and I've taught on it <laughs> possession of the land you can't possess the land without being in a anyway so his brother says, a shift in the spirit realm has literally occurred during this Passover, and the decree has been made by the breaker, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and his angels, that we are in the season of, now wait, a shift. Remember my word in October? Next, next stage. We have, and I've been talking, you know, if you follow me on Facebook, you, you heard me. More people probably observed Passover in one way, shape, or form or another this year than any time else on the history of the planet since the first Passover. Simply because of the odds, just simply because of the numbers, right. population numbers. Whether they did it right, I mean, and, and I and there was Torah people out there talking smack. And we know some of those people. We I saw them talking smack about 
them getting them, them 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 you know as if you own the rights to Passover somehow. I don't know who you think you are. Well, no, I know exactly who you think you are, but don't do that. You're wrong. You're not the Holy Spirit, and you're not one of God's mighty throne room people that Jehoshaphat. No, no. More people observed Passover this year than ever before. More Christians observed Passover than ever before. And guess what they're doing now? They've been enlightened to a thing called the Omer Count because they're all talking about 40 to 50 days following Passover. Wow. That's that's amazing. This is, I mean, that's, you, you should be falling on your face right now and, and rejoicing because I don't, you know, I I know a lot of you, and you guys don't evangelize. You don't evangelize Jesus, uh, so you should be very excited that God, the Holy Spirit, is actually moving people's hearts towards things you and I take for granted. Or or or, do you understand? What, you understand what I'm saying, right, guys? Yeah. I mean, yeah. God, I see. I see it happening on on both sides. Where yeah. we're seeing we're seeing the Torah community going more towards prophecy, yes. and you're seeing the evangelical go more towards being obedient to God. So I think that's where he wants us at. Yes. I've been saying that for like a long time. <laughs> at least what we've been trying to, I think we've talked about that over and over and over again is, is God's not all the way into law or a hundred percent grace. He's perfectly in the middle. He's the perfect judge. And as you, and that's the majority of, you know, uh, I've been saying this for three plus years and making everybody mad. So a shift in the spirit. So, so that's why I'm excited to be on this show with you guys. Because where are you? Uh, that's why I'm excited when you guys invite me to be on here because we have differences of opinion, but that doesn't matter. We serve the same one God in the same one spirit. Absolutely. And it's like, awesome. Thank you, Father, for these guys. Bless them, their marriages, their, are you? their finances, protect their territory and their finances in Jesus' name. Okay, a shift in the spirit realm has literally occurred during the Passover. This Passover. Remember, Chuck Pierce said this was going to be a real Passover, whether you liked it or not. And the decree has been made by the breaker, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and his angels, that we are in the season of break up, break out, break, break through, passing over, and possessing. And what does he say? Your inheritance. I read that to you at the very beginning so that you'd believe me. <laughs> I didn't just print these out this afternoon, <laughs> you know, your inheritance. And then he says the new era. <gasps> I use the words next stage. He's using the word new era. It's the same freaking thing. People, we have entered into a fullness of time. He says prophetic words, dreams, visions, promises. They have come to this moment and the little virus isn't going to stop it. Not for a people who know their God, that continue to trust him. Wait, are you is he suggesting that God had a plan and a move, and maybe this is the enemy trying to derail that by saying, look over here, look over here, look over here. Fear, doubt, and unbelief. The Nephilim are in the land. Don't listen to the bad reports. Don't listen to the 80% projectile. Don't walk in the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Listen to Joshua and Caleb who are telling you that God has made this victory yours because it's your prophetic inheritance and they will be your bread. They will be your provision. And what's the end game? What's the freaking result for all this? It's not because it's not, oh, the prophecy, oh, no. The harvest. 
Are you reading my notes? I didn't say <laughs> the harvesting of souls. And I've been the, the number one thing the Torah community does not do. Well, one of the things that is, is evangelize. They don't evangelize Jesus. And this harvest is going to be represented exactly like the gospels. Signs and wonders and supernatural exploits to back up the word of the testimony of God, right? When we're telling them about Jesus. When we tell these people about Jesus, those words are testimony, right? Of, of, how, of how God has transformed our lives, our marriages, our whatever. I used to be a drug addict. I used to be a sexual whatever. And God did this. God healed me from all these things. And he, he transformed my life. Da, 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 da. He, he could do it for you too. And then boom, healing, words of knowledge, casting out of demons, unclean spirits. That's how Jesus did it. And that's how Jesus taught his disciples to do it. And that's what I talk about in this book. Because it's all spiritual. It's all about the harvesting of souls and preparing a people for the Lord and his return. And I am so excited. I can't, I'm about to cry. I am so excited by what God is doing, what the Holy Spirit is saying, and the fact that there are people listening. Yeah. Can I say something too? No. no. <laughs> I've only been talking for. You know, it, this is one thing that, that, you know, a lot of people are doom and gloomers, right? Here's the thing, though, too. We talked about this in the very beginning of this show, not this week, but when we first started SITREP, we talked about struggle and how embracing the struggle is part of your inheritance. <laughs> Being able to get through the struggle. Nobody wants to hear a story about somebody that didn't go through anything, right? That's part of the testimony is the struggle that you you deal with. And when God is shifting us into this new era and we're stepping into our prophetic destiny and there's going to be a massive harvest, do you realize that a lot from history, a lot of the, the biggest harvests took place under the most persecution? So where we really are, it's going to be doom and gloom, but that's in the flesh, right? It, to, to understand what the harvest looks like, it will be tough. It will be persecution like we've never seen before because that's what the scripture says it will be. So you're right. If you want to prophesy the bad stuff, you're probably going to be right. You know, it's going to get worse, right, for us. But we got to look to the harvest because that's why we're here. And, you know, I think this is like when David's God was dwindling David's army. You know, he, he, he only wanted him to keep the ones that were alert and ready for battle. The rest of them died or got sent home. You know, like that, that's how it was. That's how it's going to be here too. You know, we have a mission and it's going to be special forces. It's not going to be all these privates running around. You know, it's literally good. I mean, in that, Massad. I said private. What'd you say? It'll take Massad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not going to be anybody that's not able to stand, you know, like that's the whole point of going to the new era. You know, mm -hmm. this is a whole other level of warfare and we yeah. need to prepare. We have we should be thinking like instead of thinking, you know, this is I'm trying to to renew my mind and transform the way that I think about things, because it's super easy for me to say. I hate being quarantined. This is bullcrap, which it is. It's totally BS that we're but what, stuck. But right, but what a better time to practice. 
Exactly. Start, you know, start exercising your spiritual gifts, yeah. your spiritual muscles. And, and well, I, brought that up, I brought that up two months ago and uh, got into some right. trouble. Remember that? Yeah. Ask oh, God. Isn't it, great, isn't it great exercising your gifts of healing? Now you'll be able to use them. And Yeah. Ask God, ask God what he wants you to do because yes, not, you know, but like, what could you be doing? Is there something that you can fix? Is there an area that you need freedom? Ask him to show you what it is. Maybe just sit there and confess a bunch of stuff, you know. Um, but th there's so much healing that needs to take place because you know, the the way that you're able to walk by faith is because you have a relationship and trust built. So this is the time to be building that relationship and trust. You know, it takes, what did we say, last couple of weeks we've been talking about this 21 days, right? It takes 21 days to either break a habit or right. a new habit. We've been on quarantine for a month. So let's just say you wasted the first couple weeks and you what want you to start. What do you mean a month? I haven't gone out in like nine weeks. Well, that's you, man. You're old too. So <laughs> you probably wear diapers and everything. So oh, yeah. we, I go out every day. I'm an essential worker and I know Aaron is too. So we're out in this crap every day, but my wife's not. So she's at home. But, you know, the thing is, it, it's probably not going to go back to normal like we know it, right? It's going to be super weird. They're going to try to make us do a bunch of stupid crap to go back to even regular life. You go back, you know, when you go to a restaurant, you're probably going to have a bunch of rules now. You're going to, we were talking about it earlier, making fun of it, but we're probably going to be wearing masks for a long time, which is so stupid. But, you know, there are some things that we should be focusing on other than that, because it's super easy to get pissed and frustrated and take it out on everybody else. But, I think of it like I, I've been trying to talk to people at work instead of bringing up that crap. I bring up other things like, you know, the Bible, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Hey, what do you think's going on? Well, honestly, and then you drop a whole bunch of prophetic, you know, stuff from revelation and you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's going on. That's going on right now. We're, we're about to, you're about to see the crap hit the fan so to speak, but it's going to drive this church underground, you know, and it's going to thrive though. Just like China, man, when the persecution hit China, the numbers went yep. way up. Persecution's way up too. But now these people, and just like what we were talking to Krieger a couple weeks ago, and he's talking about Nigeria, these revivals with millions of people showing up to these little stages, man. Yeah. You know, like millions of people. Yeah. And they only have a 72-hour uh, life expectancy once they commit to Christ. Wow. I mean, you know what I mean? This stuff makes wearing a mask stupid. You know what I mean? Like, we shouldn't even be complaining at this point. Uh, we knew it was going to get bad. We've been talking about it for years. And now that it's finally getting bad, instead of just being like, see, it's getting bad, we should be thinking like, hey, maybe there's something else we should be thinking about. Like, how do we survive this? What are we supposed to be doing? And what's the point of this life, you know, that we've been given? We're supposed to be ready. What does being ready look like according to the scriptures? Because sometimes our definitions are not lined up with what the scripture says. It should be. Aaron, you've been quiet, dude. What well, do you think? Real quick, though. Victoria Sampson has great prophetic insight right now. On, on She's our number one fan. What? <laughs> She's our number one fan. That's my mom. Well, there's some great prophetic insight right there. 
She said, uh, like, we're talking about how all this is happening in 40 to 50 day of 50 to 40, 50 day reset, recalibration, and then reconstitution, right? And she's yeah. saying that will, this, that will culminate at Pentecost. Those who seek the Lord will receive a new level right. of anointing to do his works. I mean, that makes yeah. absolute sense, right? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. they're talking about the, the one of the largest harvests. If this is like going to happen, if this is playing out like that, come Pentecost, Shavuot. Because, oh, is God actually keeping to his own calendar? Yes. What if, right? Sounds, makes sense. Yeah. It would be an explosion of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. So I've just been, I've been looking in, in Matthew um, where Jesus talks about, you know, when his, when his return, I'm sure if you read that first, <clears throat> the first part of uh, Matthew 24, where he's talking about, you know, there are going to be earthquakes and famines and, and nation will rise against nation, ethnos against ethnos. <clears throat> and then Yeshua goes on to talk about uh, the fig tree and, and all these things. So I'm at Matthew 24, 32. And then he says, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know, the summer is near. So we're talking about seasons again. Um, and then it says, uh, even so, when you see all these things, you will know that it is near right at the door. That's uh, Matthew 24, 33. It says, truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. So, of course, he's not taught. He was talking about this in generation. That's that's that, that's going to see all of these things. And he's saying, basically, rejoice. Like just like you, when you see the 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 fruit of the fig tree just starting to ripen up, you know, at the end of that season, right? It has to go through the summer season. At the end of that season, it's going to get plucked because it it's got to grow. Just like like Alan is talking about, like we're elevating to this new level. Just like a fruit starts bearing, you know, it starts bearing the fruit. Well, that fruit now has to grow. So we're all being brought to this different level. And now this, this season that we're going to go through, this summer season, per se, is going to be a growing season. And at the end of that is the harvest. That's when you go and you pick that fruit because it's it's full. It's it's come to its completion. And this is just an idea, like a, uh, a layout of how God is going to do this end time scenario. But we can look at all the things that are negative. Like, and, and there are people, you know, there are truthers that, that that is what they concentrate on. Just like I like to see in a marriage where, where a husband has weakness, a wife is stronger and where the wife has weakness, the husband is stronger. I see that with the body of Christ. We have a lot of people who are in one community or another where their weakness is another part of that community is filling in. And we really got to stop. I think we've said this a million times is stop battling with each other and accepting that God has got different callings for different people and look at them as brothers. As long as we, we, we have core agreement on who the Messiah is, that salvation is through him and through him alone, then that's all that, that the rest of the stuff, let the Holy spirit sort it out, you know? Right. <laughs> so yeah. but we need to concentrate on growing like, ourself in this time because the the harvest is coming soon and we need to be rejoicing not being all you know fearful and worried and all this and that it's a short time as soon as we start seeing those things i mean it says immediately after the, the that that he comes back so that's what we really need to be concentrating on is we're starting to see the beginning of the birth pains you know with those there's, there's change that's happening. Every time God makes a move, the enemy makes a move. We already know that. We can see that every time God makes a move that the enemy is trying to do something on the other side. So 
we're seeing all the negative stuff. It's right in our face right now. But what's God doing? That's what we really need to be concentrating and focusing on. I think Alan's really hit hit that that like a home run with that one. Um, is we need to be focusing. Yes, we know you can watch CNN, NBC, Fox, you know, ABC, all these, and you can hear what's going on in the world every single day. But are we turning all that off and we listen to what God's saying? You know, like because that's what's going to save us. It's not going to be, you know the mask, the gloves, you know, all of these things you can prepare all you want to. And then you walk out to go get your mail and a truck hits you. What does any of that preparation mean? It doesn't mean anything. There's a whole, there's a whole parable in the Bible about the guy who prepared and built up all these storehouses and then died. What's the, what was the point, right? If, if we're concentrating solely on that and we're not concentrating on where the word of God is, then it's all, it, it means absolutely nothing. So that's where our focus needs to be. Yes, you can take precautions. You can take care of yourself and your family and you can stock up on a couple rolls of toilet paper. But what is God telling you? And are we listening to that? Are we are we obsessed and, and focused solely on what the world is doing? Or are we taking a step back and saying, OK, you know what? I'm going to stand out in the garden and it's just going to spend time with me and God. You know, what do you want me to do, God? Where do you want me at? What do I need to work on? That's the questions that we need to be talking about. Well, we, we don't, I was wondering, or I was thinking, remember there was an earlier prophecy by Chuck Pierce and another person, I can't think of who it is right now, but they were saying that this is the year of speaking. 2020 is the year of speaking, yeah. right? And and here we are speaking things. And, and, you know, we just went through this freedom course again, and Aaron was in it, and we talked a lot about speaking things, right? The, the power of your words and declaring things and and one one of the things from this podcast that i shared with alan and aaron was uh tim sheets said he's become a man that's that yells at the tv <laughs> right and i was thinking i'd do that too because i i mean it, it, it's normal to do that like with sports and things right yeah uh, you yell back at your team and you you know what i mean but now we're doing it because there is no sports. We're, we're having to do this at the uh, update, the COVID updates, you know. But one of the things that he said was like when they're when they're saying some things like it's never going to be normal again. And he's he's saying, I rebuke that, you know, like, yes, it is like, you know, I don't agree with that. I'm not I'm not going to allow that. And I think it sounds silly, but he's absolutely right with that whole thing. You know, I, I'm not going to accept that crap. I don't believe that. Right. I, re, I believe the word of the Lord. What is the Lord saying about this? And, and that's what renewing the mind is, is all about. It's changing your perspective to see what the spirit is saying and not what the flesh is saying. No, absolutely. I, th I think that, I think that's kind of what we've, we've tried to hammer away, uh, a lot over is speaking, speaking words, and also the words that are being told to us is rebuking those curses. And I think Yahweh is, is, is amazing in that, that he gave us the ability, just like he, he created all of existence through his mouth. He gave us the power of, of blessings and curses and the ability to recognize and, and stop those. So when you're listening to the news and it's telling you things aren't going to be going back to normal anytime soon, or, you know, everybody's going to get sick, you know, you rebuke that and say, no, that's not happening. You know, that's <clears throat> what was it? Uh, Psalms 91 was declaring the <clears throat> that none of the diseases or famines, you know, that 10,000 will fall to my left and, and thousands to my right. Like that, that's a declaration saying that this is a promise that God has already it's, told me. And you have plague, to own that. The plagues of Egypt will not come to your door. Yeah. 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 That's what standing on the promises is, man. You know, 
the book is it, the word of the Lord is a promise, right? So when you when you use the power of the sword, which is the word, that's your weapon, right? So let's use it. Who, who goes to war without their weapon? You know, but apparently a bunch of people. You know, it's, I, I know mean, I did for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I did too. I never really thought about it, you know, but like, that's the thing, you know, we're always worried about our armor, but you know, and we're going to have a fantastic show talking about armor next week because we got Jamie Walden coming on next week to talk about spiritual warfare and, and armoring up. But one of the things that he says that we'll go deep on is, you know, armor is meant to protect you while you're on the offense. You're not supposed to just sit there wearing it. Cause it's, it's got a lots of uh, little places of, you know, where the enemies can penetrate, you, right? It's meant for you to just, just protect you enough that you can be doing offense. And I know a lot of my life, it was, I only thought spiritual warfare was defense. No one, no one ever taught me offense, you know? And I think that's when I learned how to do offensive spiritual warfare is when my life started to change. You know, I started to walk into a prophetic destiny. I believe started cutting things off, started, uh, you know, removing the things that were holding me back, getting rid of the strongholds and the uh, vices and getting serious. And once you started playing offense, you kind of, I mean, it makes, it makes it more fun to learn, <laughs> you know, just like when you're reading the scriptures and you don't have any understanding. <laughs> and then once the father turns that light on for you, you know, like Genesis six or whatever it was that, you know, helped in your walk. And I know Genesis six was super huge for me. Once you understand that, then it's like, Whoa, I love this book. This thing's awesome. You know, and it just becomes, it comes to life. What's up? <laughs> no, I, was, I was trying to keep catch up on the on the chat here. Yeah, I know uh, she's uh, who was it that just said that? I was Patsy. She said she doesn't. What's normal? What's returning to normal? That's like those. That's like those those uh, undefined verbs like make America yeah. great again or change. Like you can apply whatever you want to it. I don't want normal. I want I want the the millennial reign with the Messiah. That's what I want. <laughs> normal normal was full of all kinds of things just like she said abortion and murder like it, for instance death rates have have in in major cities like chicago and and in my city um the death rates have drastically decreased yeah there are still people that are that are dying and stuff but you know people aren't running around shooting each other do i really want to go back to normal no but you know what i want i, I want the messiah's return that's what i'm waiting for so let hell or high water come i mean i know what's on the other side that's what i'm concerned about Hey, uh, somebody text Alan on his jitterbug phone. What? What do you need? <laughs> Uncle Rico. What do you need? <laughs> what you got for us, man? You got anything else? It's just, it's just really important that it's just we have to, you know, God is constantly reminding Israel the same thing over and over and over and over because they just don't, they just won't grasp it. They won't, they won't cooperate. With what he's actually telling them, you know, um, manna was a test and they blew it <laughs> the first time out and they blew it like three times the first week or something like that. Something silly like that. 
the instruction was not to gather man on the sub Sabbath, not right. not don't leave your tents. But because they came out on the Sabbath and was and then were gathering, they were told not to leave their tents. That wasn't the initial instruction. See, we have to so God so we have to be reminded of this stuff over and over and over and over. Because we look at the mirror and we walk away, we forget what we look like. We're, if you have spent more time on YouTube than in the Word these last three, four, five, six weeks, you're probably a redneck. <laughs> See what I'm saying? If you, you, got, a, you got a real king. If, yeah. If you've, if you've spent more time on YouTube following the, the vain pursuits of conspiracy theory rabbit trail videos, um, I'm going to say right now you are in disobedience to what God would have you be doing. You are not in the spirit. You're in the flesh. You can challenge me all day long. You're, you, you can't win. You can't win that argument. You're going to sit here and tell me that endless hours of conspiracy theories is better for your salvation and for your spiritual maturity than the word of God? Yeah, well, yeah this, is, this is alone that you need to be in the word of God. Well, this is kind of one of the things that I wanted I wanted to touch on. The Messiah came under Roman persecution. We think it's bad now, like because we we had we can only go fifty into Walmart right now. Roman persecution was a hundred times worse than than what we could possibly deal with. And the Messiah came under that like whole oppression, that whole thing that was going on. They were taxed massively. Dude, they went and tried. He, he killed all the babies. Yeah, the day he was born. You know, trying to get him. I mean, it's, it's there. There are so many. Yes, we're. You, if you really want to, you can go look for all the negative, all the bad things, everything that's going to happen. You can go search that all out. It's not going to change anything. Well, see, but here's the thing. Explain. Okay, so let's just pick Revelation seventeen seventeen. Pick one. <laughs> pick one of these these silly conspiracy theories. A lot of these people are into. Let's say. Let's say NASA. Okay. Trump's a traveler. What? Trump's Trump a time, time traveler. Uh, I've never heard that one. But and let's let's just pick that yeah. for a second. Well, what good is it doing you anything? What is it? How is it doing you any good that you're under that you're, you know, learning all this stuff about NASA and how it's not real and blah 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 blah. blah. You can't do anything about it. You have absolutely no tools, no intellect, no connections, no money. You have absolutely nothing. You can't change that in any way, shape, or form. You know what you would have to do. To change it, everything you've been told you shouldn't do, and that's get a government job, be in the government, actually get a job at NASA. See, all the things that you would have to do to actually add to, 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 to create change. You'd have to join the Freemasons. You can't do because you've been told that you can't do that. <laughs> See? So it's a waste of time. Yeah, it serves absolutely no purpose whatsoever. You can't build a kingdom of heaven spending countless hours on conspiracy theory videos. So instead, read your Bible. Learn what your Bible says. Actually build a relationship with the Word of God so that you can get to the point where you can actually hear the voice of God so that when they're telling you to do what they're telling you to do, you'll be able to kind of finally come to the realization that, oh, that's not the Holy Spirit. It's something else because the Holy Spirit isn't telling you to spend eight hours a day on YouTube watching conspiracy theories. I promise you that. Yeah. I absolutely you know, one of the things that made it that made it real for me was 
you know, imagine your family is under attack, like a severe spiritual attack. Are you going to tell that demon all about the Titanic conspiracy or 9-11? You know what I mean? What do you, what would you rather? I mean, I know personally, I, I know all that stuff, but I would rather be super quick with the word, you know, to counter the attacks on me and my family. That's, that's what it's about. Who wants to suffer and, and go digging through the word to find the remedy when you could memorize that stuff and be ready for it, you know? Yeah, that's, that's ready. I, for so many years, I studied the the, uh, the 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 plays of the enemy, right, and the strategy of the enemy, which is still good, right? It's good to know who you're up against. And but it, and, and and probably a lot of you that know me, if you bring up a conspiracy, I know a lot about it, and that's just because I spent a lot of time doing that, you know. But now I've shifted, huh. and I'm the Genesis yeah. Six guy from the '80s. I don't think how many of you were even born in the age. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a, I'm not a, a a stranger to conspiracy. I was writing about Genesis 6 in the 80s in my song lyrics. You know, I believe in watching technology. I believe in aliens and UFO. Okay, so you know what I'm saying? So I'm not that guy. But see, some of you actually have a problem with my earrings, but somehow you're going to take on Nephilim? I got a problem with the platform shoes. I'll tell you that right now. I want to know how far you can throw a football. <laughs> can you run in those things? Because I'm, I'm going to put money on you. Can oh my gosh! Hey, those those platforms make me taller and sexier. So here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying this stuff to piss you off or to shame you or nothing. No, I'm trying to encourage you because I know what a lot of you guys do. Because we've talked. Don't do that. Do the other thing, right? Yeah. Do what the Bible actually tells you, right? I tell, I've been telling Christians since the early 80s, don't do Christianity, do the Bible. Now I'm telling the Torah community the same exact thing I've been telling Christians for 30, 40 years. Don't do what you're doing. Do the Bible. Read the Bible. Right? The Bible says you should be speaking in tongues, healing the sick, and casting out demons. What's more conspiracy theory than that? Right. See? Right? If you can actually heal someone or raise somebody from the dead or cast a demon out, that gives your your testimony more weight than whether or not you believe the you know the twin the twin towers were three or four towers that came down with two planes or you know what I'm saying? Come on. Yeah, Come I know, on. I know, I know. You want to impress me? Heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. Let's let's prophesy. Prophesy is always yeah. Been. Prophesy. Biblically, yeah. prophecy is the I'll way. Put my big juicy fruit on the table against yours any day. See, I'm trying to encourage you to do the Bible, to do the Word of God, to walk in the Spirit versus walking in the flesh, because that's what we're talking about. Why? 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 Because there's something crazy coming down the pike. And we have to be prepared. You can feel the anointing on, Alan? I'm sorry, what? You ever been around somebody where you can feel the anointing? Oh, yeah. And it's intimidating. You have to get to the point where you where you discern that before they even walk in the door. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's, something, it's something that is probably yeah. foreign to a lot of people in the chat. But what, that's what I want. I want that. I know. I want to be that guy. You know, the one that walks in and everyone's like, "Whoa!" And it's not for a selfish gain. It's just I want to be counted worthy enough to walk with the authority of, the, of my Father. Right? We're all called Amen. to walk the seal of the king Amen. we just don't know our identity we think we know it See? but we don't walk in it you know 
Everyone says they know truth, but it's not the truth or you would be walking with the authority. They, they mentioned something in the, in the interview with Dutch and his brother. They used the term remnant. Everybody here thinks they're part of the remnant. That's just not true. Right. And everybody here is one of us. And so, okay, so what does the Bible say? How, did, how is that determined? Well, it says that you, you're supposed to be bearing godly fruit. That's the sign, right? Because a thorn bush doesn't produce figs and a fig tree doesn't produce thorns. Mm -hmm. This is all in the red letters. So it's not even a guessing game. The Bible, the New Testament teaching of Jesus says, you will bear fruit if you're one of us. And some of the signs or, or the telltale signs, you know, one of the signs of being a guitarist is you have calluses on your fingers. Okay, in the same way, one of the telltale signs that you're one of them is they'll, you will speak in tongues, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. That's what Jesus said. Okay. Yeah. Jasmine right. said it too. She said they will they will know you're you're you are of me by how much you love each other. And I can see that there's a lot of that not going on. Right. So, <laughs> so right. So the spiritual gifts uh, is, is is a reflection of relationship and, and interactive relationship with the Holy Spirit. And it says, and, and then along with obedience and all that, because it also says that to produce godly fruit, you have to basically keep the Torah. So. If, but if you keep the Torah without the spirit, it's just legalism and you're probably not very loving. And so you're not, you know what I'm saying? You're not firing on all cylinders. So there are ways to determine these things on whether or not you're part of the remnant. Um, I want to be able to love people well while, while I'm keeping my Torah obedience and speaking the word of God and, and bringing people to Jesus and being able to, with the backing of the spiritual gifts like Jesus and the disciples, whether that's healing or casting out demons or raising the dead. Right. It's all, see, it all has to happen at the same time. If it's a four cylinder car and you're only functioning on one, it's not running very good. You have to, we have to function on all four, see on all four cylinders. We have to function in love. We have to function in the spiritual gifts. We have to be saved in the name of Jesus and the blood of the lamb. And we have to be keeping his commandments. And we have to be telling people the same. So, right. right? That has nothing to do with conspiracy. Do you, do you, don't you realize there's been conspiracies since the garden? I mean, a snake was walking upright and talking to Eve and went and caused her to disobey against the living God that she walked with in the garden in the cool of the day. You know, there was conspiracies going on when Jesus was on earth. They were under Roman Empire. You don't think the Romans had conspiracies? There was conspiracies, but Jesus didn't bring them up. It wasn't a thing. Why? Because there's other things that are more important. Loving God and loving people is more important than whether you think the World Trade Center was an inside job or not. And I'm just throwing that out there. You know what I'm saying? Because well, I know. You, you need to read the Bible more than watching YouTube while you're in uh, confinement. Why? Right. Because if what we're talking about is true, something's going to break here in the next 30 days. And if you're not ready, you're probably, your lamp's probably out of oil and you don't want to miss them. 
That's all I'm saying that for. I'm not saying that I, this is a gentle rebuke. I love you guys. Some of you I personally know. I, I, I love the platform that we have with, you know, Ian and, and the take on the world and all that stuff. I just want, I want everyone to walk in the fullness of God in your life. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll shut up now. No, you're good, man, because, you know, that's the thing. I, I believe that. And I believe that, you know, when you look at your, like, so whatever it was that God took you, whatever rabbit hole led you to this jail or right now, God has a purpose for that, right? I'm not going to tell you not to watch conspiracy videos ever again, because I will, you know, I feel like it's part of my calling in some ways, but I also, you, you, when you when you get deeper involved into spiritual warfare, I used to think that I just had to do like 50, 49, 51, 49, right? Like, hey, I'll watch Conspiracies 49, but as long as I outbalance it, I'll be good. Well, then you realize as you start coming up against things and having to do warfare that you're not ready and you actually need to spend like 98 and 2 because – there are things that are more important, right? Um, and and I do believe that whatever it is that you, we're all called to be a specific, we're all different parts of the body. We have a, each one of us has a specific calling and specific mission, and that stuff. And so whatever the, whatever God is leading you through, that's for your particular calling. That will all come in handy, right? Like I do stuff with occult victims of occult abuse and things like that. I need. I mean, it's good for me to understand the realm of which I am dealing, you know, but that doesn't mean that that's all I learn about is the tricks of the enemy, because I need to learn their weapons of my craft as well. That's way more important, right? You don't need to, you know, remember when, um, Indiana Jones, when he's being chased, I think it's the first episode or the first one, the Rage of the lost ark. And that huge dude comes out with the sword and he's like swinging his sword around doing all this crazy stuff. And he's just like shoots him. Right. That's the way I want to function. <laughs> I, you know, I don't care how cool you are with your bad, you know, skills and your, you know, sorcery and all this stuff that you got. I know my weapons, you know, and it's, it's over before it started. Right. And I think that it's all relational though, but it, it has to do with your relationship you start to get a better relationship. You get closer with the father. He starts to demand more of you and you end up having to make choices. Like, do I cut this out? I have to make more time for him. So do I, what do I cut out? You know, and there are priorities that he sets before you like your family, which is what get your house in order meant for me. Yeah. It meant really prioritize my family because I have five children and a wife. And they're my first responsibility, not this show, not anything else that I'm doing. That is my calling is to be a father, a husband. And it also says instead. So, you know, if I'm a conspiracy guy, I can look at my family as baggage. And, you know, in the end times when things when crap is hitting the fan, I'm going to have all these kids to follow, you know, to drag around with me to try to hide and stuff. Or I can do what the scripture says. And train them to be weapons of war. Because it says that blessed is a man with a full quiver because they're weapons for war. Now, how many people can say that their children are warriors? I can't yet. But that's my goal. You know, I want my children 
to be warriors, man, and ready because they are going to be in this fight no matter what we say, right? We don't even know if we will, <laughs> but you know our kids will. They're young, right? That's the generation. So even if we're talking about the Joshua generation right now, we don't fall into that and we're passing the torch. It's going to be to our kids. And if we didn't do what we were supposed to do, then they're, they're going to miss out, you know, because we didn't train them the right way. Or maybe it'll fall, the responsibility will fall somebody else, right? But, you know, I, I really, I think getting your priorities straight is is 100% doable, especially in quarantine. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people are, like, not used to spending this much time with their kids and family, you know? and But it's good for you. It took a lot of our idols away. It did. And, it, and it's now, <laughs> you know, it's starting to make you think, like, instead of just, turning the TV on and setting your kids on the couch and being like, man, do you hear that? Do you hear what, that? The pauses. <laughs> Disneyland is closed. <laughs> Everything's closed, man. Everything's closed, you know, and it's, you know, it probably won't all open back up. So you're going to have plenty of time. It's not like this is the last week for you to get your priorities straight. I mean, if anything, every time you see it, play a little game, like, you know, <clears throat> when you're, me and Aaron were hanging out this weekend. We're listening to Trump talk, and every time he says um, ventilators, we're like, man, if this was a drinking game, we'd have alcohol poison because he said it like a hundred times in 10 minutes. You know, but like, think about that. Like, every time you see a mask, think, I got to teach my kids a Bible verse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Try to do something like that to make it like, you know, let's, let's really prioritize the things that matter here. You know, I wish I still kept my books from junior bible quiz anybody know what that's all about remember no. that you heard of it man it was like a it was like a wednesday night club where you learn bible verses and they used to like you know do little um you'd go and have competitions with other churches and, and little kids and get a little buzzer in the middle and they'd ask you something and you, whoever buzzed first got the answer it's like a whole thing somebody in this chat's probably heard of it man but yeah I used to think those kids were dorks. Now I'm like trying to be friends with them. <laughs> so, well, I know, I know. So part of my my testimony is is in in this whole thing. I'm because we do this because we're walking the same walk that all of you guys are. You know, we're just trying to give you guys like a play by play, the sit rep, the situation report of how we're viewing things and how God's doing things in our lives. And you know, we can only hope and pray that He's doing the same things in yours. Um, but one of the things that I, I mean, I was, I've always been to conspiracies, I've always been into, um, studying the occult, studying multiple different types of religions, just trying to, I've always been a debater. So I've always found myself in debates about religious topics and things like that. So I was always studying all of these things and I got really good at, you know, in the paranormal community and studying all of that. So I got really good at pinpointing the enemy out there. What I really sucked at was when the enemy attacked me and he would say, well, did God really say that? And I was like, well, I don't know. Did he? I kept getting caught up because I didn't realize how the enemy attacked me because I didn't know scripture. I knew how the enemy worked out in the world. And I, oh, I could, I could nail it. I could, oh, that guy's got a demon or that guy's this, or there's a spirit there, you know, could nail it everywhere else. But when I was getting attacked at home, I didn't see it. And the enemy was able to just shoot me full of arrows all the time because I didn't know the promises. I didn't know how to defend myself. I didn't have the sword. I didn't have the shield. I didn't have any of that stuff. I could see him coming 
And I'm like, oh, he's running. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Oh, he stabbed me. You know, like that, that was how, yeah, that was that how was he lived, you know? And, and, and so now what God is trying to do is yes, I still watch conspiracy stuff too, but now I'm starting to learn how over the last couple of years, how the enemy attacks. And now I know what the, what, what the Bible says about me, what I am to God. And then when, when, you know, Satan says, well, you know, you can do that. And I go, well, no, because God says right here that he doesn't want me to do that, you know, or he says, well, you know, did God really say that? Cause I used to be real big about finding loopholes. I, I mean, I should have been a lawyer. And then he'd be like, well, you know, can't, can't, can't you get away with doing this? And I'm like, no, because God says there is no gray. I am. I shouldn't even be trying to look at the gray. Like this is what we're trying to get you guys on the same level is trying to understand that yes, you can see the enemy all out there, but what is, what is, what is going on in your house? What's going on inside of here? Can we recognize him when he's whispering in our ears? Can we, do we know the difference between the voice of God and the voice? Cause that can literally be the difference between life and death for some of us, because Jesus, when he says before my, my return, like five different times in Matthew says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. He's you know, saying that there are things coming that are going to, men's hearts are going to fail them, all this kind of stuff. But if we know we're then the conspiracy truth or community, they're going to be like, hey, look, it's a meteor. Hey, look, it's a spaceship. Hey, look, it's this. Right. And then when stuff starts going down, they're, their hearts are going to fail and they're going to have heart attacks. But when we see it, oh, go ahead. I have a question. The truth or community. Oh, that's a spaceship. Hey, that's a UFO. What you just said. Yeah. Do they believe that it's spiritual or physical? Um, and the truth and, and the truth or community that, I mean, I think the majority of us are involved in it's, you know, it's in a dome. So it would have to be project blue beam. So spiritual or physical? It would be physical. Physical. Yeah. Interesting. So, but I, I mean, there can be spiritual aspects of it as well, you know, especially if, spaceships. Yeah. I think it's spiritual, man. What I think it's yeah. What about spaceships and UFOs? Are the aliens? Are those spiritual or physical? But it could be both. Um, there's a, there's a lot of evidence that points towards you know the the fallen angels, the Nephilim spirits, being needing a body, and they could be creating clones that are the little greys that are you know without spirit. They're go called golems in in Kabbalah, and and they're creating golems that are that are able to hold or harvest. Or, you know, like hold a spirit to, to manifest, manipulate it. Yeah, I so know, I know about this stuff. <laughs> well, then the uh, so I asked, I asked because the right, well, the correct answer would be that it's been the majority of this is spiritual. And yeah. that then begs the question, what are you doing to equip yourself spiritually? Right. Yeah. Are you fasting? Are you praying? Are you speaking in tongues? Are you prophesying? Are you flexing the Holy Spirit? muscles of spirituality so that when this spirit stuff does happen you have the discernment to know if it's a stick or a snake to know whether it's god or an angel of light to know whether it's a demon or an angel to know whether it's the holy spirit or a demonic spirit see what i'm saying well, yeah and this is a perfect example because you asked that and i gave you a whole list of secular even truther ideas of what this 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 but you know what i what i understand from the paranormal community it was the unspoken rule of thumb for both the paranormal and the UFO community, they all flee in the name of Jesus, Yeshua, right? The Messiah, the power behind that makes them flee, whether it's an alien, whether it's a ghost, whether it's a demon, they flee. That's talked about in the underlying community of the paranormal community over and over and over again, and nobody wants to confront it or face it. 
But that's the thing. I can give you a whole list of all kinds of stuff. But when you see one, are you going to sit there and be like, well, are you really spirit? Are you, did you come from mothership or is that project Bluebeam? Are you going to go in the name of Jesus, in the name of Yeshua, I cast you out. I command you to leave. What are you going to do? Right now that requires muscle memory, right? If these people don't have the muscle memory, what's going to happen before they can act, they'll be pounced on. Yeah. That's my point. That's just like Ian said, the guy with the gun, you know, Indiana Jones with the gun. He's just like, I'm not even going to battle this. I'm just going to, I'm going to take you right out. Uh, (laughs) If we don't have that muscle memory, right? If we're not doing this already, when, when we're confronted or faced with this supernatural enemies, right? Because the Antichrist comes with his mighty ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We all know what that is. Maybe not everybody, but we do. Okay, how are we going to combat or, you know what I'm saying? How are we going to, what are we going to do here if we're not already functioning at that same level in the spiritual? These are 100% spiritual beings that have ancient uh, abilities and gifts and powers, right? Look at, what does Ephesians 6 say? Principalities, powers of darkness. I mean, we're talking ruling authorities of darkness, that have How been around for thousands of years. How are we going to combat that if we don't even believe in speaking in tongues? How are we going to even combat that if we don't believe in the prophetic? How are we going to combat that if we're not functioning at that level ourselves? You won't. You'll they'll 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 kick you. They'll beat you. You'll you'll lose. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I'll just yell the name of Al, uh, the name of Jesus. Well, what does James say about that? Well, even the demons believe. See, it doesn't, it takes more than that. That's what the epistles are telling us. That's what Paul's writing about. That's what Peter's writing about. That's what Jesus was talking about. Why would Jesus, the Son of God, spend most of his time praying alone at night? Yeah. Well, and Joshua, remember Joshua snuck into the tent all alone every night to be in the presence of God. Why? They weren't on YouTube. They were in the presence of God. They weren't on YouTube. They were in the presence of God. Jesus was on the top of the hills and the mountains all night long on multiple occasions, interfacing with God. Why? So that Because he knew that tomorrow when daylight broke, it was freaking on. It was war. And he needed to be equipped to be able to, to beat whatever was coming at him that next day. Joshua would sneak in when the pillar moved and let Moses out. He'd sneak in and he'd spend all night in the presence of God. And what happened to Joshua? That's why he was picked over Caleb. Right. If you don't, if you're not doing that today, right now, right? If you're not functioning like that right now in the power of the Holy Spirit, if your prayer time isn't like that, if you're not getting to other levels in the spiritual realm, if you, if your prayers aren't are bouncing off the ceiling, they're not even breaking through the ceiling. If you're, you know what I'm saying? If you're not doing that now, you're not going to be doing that tomorrow just out of the blue. I mean, just because you're surrounded by, by a bunch of Nifleonic demonic hybrids or whatever it is that we're talking about doesn't mean you're automatically equipped to take care of it. I, I play guitar. I've been playing. I, I'm a professional musician for 50 freaking years. 40 plus years. I didn't just learn it overnight. How much more important is our spiritual abilities? 
our understanding of spirit, our understanding of walking in the spirit, our understanding of, of Jesus in our lives. If you don't understand these components that we're talking about, you can't win in a spiritual war. Because, see, whatever problem you might be having with this prophetic stuff or supernatural, spiritual, charismatic stuff, that stuff that a lot of people have been told is Kundalini, if you're, having, if you're straining on the gnat of that, I guarantee you're not doing it and you're not have, you, don't, you don't have a reference experience. You have no testimonies in that realm because you're not walking in that realm. And if you're not walking in that realm, your New Testament teaching says you're walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. And if that's the case, you're going to lose. It's a spiritual war. We all agree, right? Whether we're talking about Pizzagate, whether we're talking about NASA, Flat Earth, or, 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 or Nephilim, or Grays, all of that has a spiritual component, we all believe. Don't we? Yeah. Right. Can I say something? Yeah, so one of the perks for your knowledge, maybe. So if you have knowledge on certain conspiracy theories, right, whether you're doing, when you're doing warfare, that's targeted warfare you can do. If you have if you have names of people that are involved in Pizzagate, you can target them with intercession. Right? That's a war. That's a war tactic in the spirit realm, right? Are you doing that? Because what good is the knowledge if you're not going to use it, you know? That's my yeah, that's my question. Again, it's not to shame you, it's not to ridicule you, it's not to do anything like that. Um, it's not no. Please don't, please don't believe that about me. That's not what I'm here for. No, I want to. I'm partnering with these guys. Where are you? These guys. <laughs> Just do this, man. <laughs> I'm partnering with these guys to help equip us in these things so that we can be victorious in the name of Jesus. Right. Yeah. So we're talking about Joshua, and it always it was always the story was always compelling to me when you when you look at uh, numbers 13 and we're like 13, five, um, 13, six, actually, where it's talking about the two men, Joshua and Caleb, and says they tore their clothes. This was after the, the, the other guys already came in and they gave a bad report. And it said they tore their clothes and they said to the people of Israel, the land we are traveling through and exploring is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is rich and flowing full of milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of that land. They are helpless. Pray to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Like, I mean that he was walking in promise like nobody else. I mean, you're talking about millions of Jews. Well, Hebrews at the time, millions of them that were following around. And it was because of their action that followed after this, because Aaron and, and, and Moshe tried to, like plead for the people and stuff. And then they get a response back from the Lord. It's just like, uh, why do I got to keep dealing with these people complaining about me all the time? Oh, you know, oh. I mean, that's literally, so the Lord said to, to Moshe and Aaron, how long must I put up with this wicked community that, and, and it's complaints about me. And it says, yes, I've heard the complaints and the Israelites make against me. Now tell them this. And surely as I live declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in the wilderness because you complain against me. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older will include in the registration will die. You will not occupy the land I swore to give to you. It says, because what were they saying? Surely we're going to die out here. Surely I'm going to die of coronavirus. Why would you bring me out here like this to do this? 
I, it's this is such an important piece. We again, it's we we really go into it in this. It is so important, right? Yeah, you just pop the book, man. It's cool. You know, it's we, just we, we it's, people buy it. It's such a massive thing that happened. I mean, God was like, "I'm wiping everybody out. I'm going to start over with you, Moses." I mean, th this angered God more than anything else that happened because yeah, this is what like, gave them the forty years in the desert. Yeah, it's because of this all that happened, right? And what happened to the ten guys, the eighty percent? They died of a plague. Yep, each of them died of a plague. It's biblically speaking, plagues are punishments from God. <laughs> it's not like God's going, "Hey, come on over for dinner." Zap. No, it's like you've done bad, you've done wrong, you've disobeyed. Okay, this scenario with the with the with the with the the, the spies, and we started this a long time ago. We brought this up. It is a very serious serious case of mistaken identity or, or lack of identity in, in believing and in trust in who God claimed he was and is and what he was going to do with the people. And because it was such a core breach of everything God was doing, that's what, that's what triggered it. And it's, well, this is, this is taking the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's, it's, really important. You know, it's, really important it's not saying a bad word. This is, Literally calling yourself a child of the king and not acting like one. Right. That's taking the name of the Lord in vain. The only equivalent is a New Testament teaching of Jesus. When you call the Holy Spirit Kundalini, there's no coming back from that. Yeah. That's that's a sobering thought, you know? Like, if you can't 100% prove that that's not the Holy Spirit, Shut up. Don't say yeah. anything. Walk Hold your tongue. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's obviously beyond your pay grade because you don't have discernment. And if you think that that's, that statement's false, you have a pride issue because that, that's all there is to it. Because, yeah, you can't. There's nothing worth that. There's no coming back from blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say my pork eating yeah. Christian friends are better off than Torah observers that uh, claim the Holy Spirit is Kundalini. For sure. That's just that's the Bible. That's not me. I'm just I'm just letting you you know, it's really serious stuff, man. This Holy Spirit stuff is really serious. You know, this prophecy stuff is really serious. This you know is Dutch sheets a prophetic guy or you know is is the stuff these is is the stuff that uh, you know Ian Allen and Samson telling us true or is this not true? This is serious stuff. You have to know because if you don't know, then when that angel of light does show up in your bedroom, you're not going to know that either. In fact. This is easier to figure out than that. <laughs> yeah. That's why I say these people, not these people, but people freak out on my, and this, people in this community freak out on my earrings. If you freak out on my earrings, you're, you're going to take on the Nephilim. <laughs> you know, remember we were talking about that earlier, making, making a joke out of that? It's, it's true. And I, I just desire for you guys to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. And that fullness that he has for you is in another realm and another dimension. And it's a holy but spiritual realm and dimension. And you need to be walking in that if you're going to survive what's coming. Because if, if half of the conspiracy conspiracy if half of the conspiracies you believe in are true, I'm right. Yeah. 
Well, there's one conspiracy that we 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 should talk about, and that is <laughs> the Red Horse prophecy. You know, like okay, so we're the Red Horse prophecy is the Pentecost moment for the enemy. We've already had our Pentecost, right? <laughs> we have the Spirit. There's is what causes the abyss to open you know so as of right now evil is gonna get ramped up just like we're getting ramped up right it's just they haven't hit their pinnacle yet but there is there there is a lot a lot to that when when those beasts come out they're given a, a an order that that order says they will not harm anyone with the mark not the mark of the beast the mark of Yah, that that if we have that mark, they are not to harm us. They go and sting and torment all of the people who don't have that. But if you're sealed under God, you're protected. The land and those people who have the mark, they're they're protected from the stings of you know those locust type beings. So what does that mean? What does that mean to to have the mark to be written in the book? What does that mean, Alan? <laughs> it's the fullness. Is really so we talk about Torah and we talk about. Uh, spirit and truth right it's spirit and truth right you can't if you follow torah and you're obedient to the messiah he tells you to love people well what causes what what do you do when you love people god god gives us all of this he tells us that we need to be praying prophesying we need to be so so the torah community you want to be obedient walk in righteousness well works without faith I mean, it's nothing and faith without works is nothing. So if you're going to be walking in obedience, the obedience tells you, you need to be working on this side as well. Now, if you're working in hyper grace, but you're not obedient, then you're, you're walking in disobedience and God doesn't honor, you know, disobedience. So it's, it's combining the two of those is where we need to, we need to be in the middle. We need to have truth. And what, what'd you say, Chadrick? Spirit. <laughs> spirit and truth. Yeah. We need to be walking yeah. in spirit and truth. That's what, well, that's what seals us. Then we have to be doing it with love. That's the other thing that that will show, will radiate where we're walking at is the love that we have for others, our enemies, those who seek to persecute us and kill us, all the people who are you know in involved in these occult things. We need to be praying for them. We need to be. If God is showing you, just like uh, I think Ian said earlier, if God is showing you discernment about somebody, a pastor, a preacher you know, some pedophile, whatever, if, if God is exposing that to you, you need to be praying for them, combat against the demons that they're dealing with and pray for salvation for that person. I mean, we've said this many times. We always pray for somebody to come out of the, uh, of those communities so they can expose it. But when they do, you know, it's like, oh, well, they're a shill, blah, blah, blah. We're not praying for those people to come out and then, then honoring God when he does bring them out. You know, we start well, pray, picking apart their testimony. Pray for your president too, man. Whether you like him or not, you know, pray for your leaders. Pray for that stupid governor in Michigan. You know, like <laughs> I mean, this is seriously pray for your enemies. Like I, I mean, that is like the hardest thing to do, man. For real, pray for your enemies. Bless it's bless those. Here's here's a conspiracy. I, I say that Jesus didn't talk conspiracy. He did. Here's one. Those Pharisees that he said were full of dead man bones, that were sons of hell, that would cross land and sea to make a, make a, a disciple and make them twice the son of hell they were. Those guys, he said, they sit on Moses' seat. You do exactly what they tell you to do, but don't be like them. Mm -hmm. They honor me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. But because they sit on Moses' seat, 
you have yeah. to say you have to be obedient you have to submit to their authority that's the teaching of jesus uh-huh. well it's just like we said a couple of weeks ago on one of our shows when we were doing the big q thing god hit me with revelation 17 17 which says that god's plan we're not talking about q's plan but god's plan was to change the hearts of those in power so that they would give up their authority to the scarlet beast so that god's timing would be fulfilled so God is the one, the author of who puts those people in power because he knows just like Pharaoh, he hardened Pharaoh's heart. He can do that with Trump or mm-hmm. Emmanuel, whatever the guy from, uh, you know, from the, the, the president of France or the Pope or whoever is going to be in this position. Donald Trump's doppelganger from, um, from England. Well, yeah, worse. the time traveling baron, whatever right. it is. right. But it's actually worse than that because God also says, that if a prophet speaks falsely, it's God speaking falsely through that prophet to test you. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can't even talk smack about a false prophet because you're talking smack about God. You want to know why your prayers aren't answered? You want to know why you're dead broke? Because you talk smack about people you have no business talking smack about. Because if you think Joel Olstein is a false prophet or a false teacher, you're cursing yourself because if he is, that's God speaking through him to test you. Yep. That's insane. That's the Bible. That's the Old Testament right. teaching right there in more than one book. Yeah, right back. It's can't do that. Like burning in my house. That. You <laughs> have to understand what David said. What did David do? David was on the outs with Saul, King Saul, and he said, "You can't even lift. You don't even lift an insulting charge against God's anointed, because Saul right. was king, and he was a bad king. He was out of God's favor, and David knew better than to say or do anything against Saul because he was God's anointed. If we would under, if we would understand that and do it." Guess what? That harvest, that end game thing we were talking about, the end game for all this, to, to all this is a harvest. The harvesting of souls, human souls. Speaking and, of harvest, well, go ahead and finish your thought. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to just pop that thing we're going to do in the, in the summer. Oh. We're doing a, When they let us out of the house? Yeah, they're going to let us out of the house because we're about to put our faith into action. We're going to speak it, right? We're going to say they're lifting this thing and we're doing it. So that's what I've been saying. That's what I'm going to say. We're doing something and it's going to be in the summertime at my house in Ohio. Alan's coming through town with his tour for the Exodus to gathering. We're going to do tent revivals, man. At least at my house we are. So equipping and teaching you know and signs and wonders right uh, we're almost up right <clears throat> yeah let me, let me let me throw something here at you you know how we've been having these weird 4.2 4.4 4.5 earthquakes all over the place yeah you, know, you like, mean they're blowing up the bunkers that's what they're saying right blowing up the bunkers and they're, but they're yeah. all around the same Richter scale, which is not normal. I'm from LA, dude. <laughs> a bunch yeah. of earthquakes, a bunch of earthquakes all over the place in Utah. I mean, all over the place, and they're all like four, two, four, three, four, four. When I mentioned to my wife about these uh, breaker angels, she goes, "Is that why we're having all those little earthquakes?" Yeah, it's a good thought. Yeah. Oh, Interesting. Man. Sorry, my wife's trying to burn my house down. 
It's like smoky in here. <laughs> no, she was trying to make some. Uh, She's trying to cook you dinner. She thinks you're a god, man. Burn she was trying to make some uh, dandelion honey, and she left it on the. What kind of, what kind of witchery is that? I don't know, but anyways, it's it's turning black. Like it looks like black goo right now. It's smoking up my whole kitchen. The whole house is smoky. <sighs> was talking about that. I don't know. I hope she didn't do the same thing. She was trying <laughs> to gather those up so she could make some something. I forget what she said she was going to make. Not honey, but something else. Um, I want to answer that real quick. Jacqueline, um, yes, there are people that are false prophets out there. Um, I'm thinking Paul and Jesus had an authority I don't have to do that. Is that fair to say? <laughs> what was the question? Uh, what about Paul and Jesus calling people false prophets out and by name? Yeah. I mean, I know false prophets and I can call them out by name, but I'm not going to because that's not, that doesn't serve any purpose. I mean, like, you got to remember, Paul was talking to his church members. He wasn't just talking to random people. He was instructing his church people and warning them against certain people. Yeah, and Yeshua right. could and Yeshua could read the hearts of men. So you can do whatever the heck he wants. Yeah, he, he could read the hearts of men. He literally could see it. I was saying this about when I didn't know who to look to, right? I knew that I have a prophetic gift and I needed to learn how to use that and what and I need to learn about that. And so I asked Alan, who do I look to? Because there are a lot of crazy people out there. And so Alan simply said, Here's a couple of guys that are good. He, and I mean, if I asked him, I'm sure if I came up and said, hey, is so-and-so, you'd be like, no. You know what I mean? Like, but that's all as far as it goes, you know? This yeah. is, you, you, you know, this is discipleship, coaching. Don't follow. But see, it's about personal relationship. I'm not, I might look to other prophetic guys just to see if it's resonating with something in my spirit, right? But it's ultimately about what is the spirit telling me to do? I'm not just looking for coattails to jump on, you know? It's. He's got a mission for me. I need to be able to know it and recognize that. And I'm learning to hear and I'm learning to have confidence in what I'm hearing based off of what is what are these other people saying? Am I hearing this? Because I feel like I'm hearing this. And then when all these other people, because the spirit's going to have everyone on the same page, right? <laughs> so that's, that's the thing. That's what I'm gauging now. And so I think that's, you know, when you figure out a false prophet, don't pay attention to him. And you don't, you don't need to like, Blow it up and say, my job is to warn people about this guy. Okay. Hold on a second. Part part of this whole thing, part of this whole thing is we use the term false prophet to broad swipe anybody who is evangelical, anybody who's whatever. A false prophet has a legitimate terminology of what it means. It means they prophesy and can even do signs and wonders, and it does not come to fruition or it's not from God. So I mean, you just, just can't say that, you know, any pastor or whatever is, is a false prophet. They have to fall into certain criteria. Now there are sheeps and wolves clothing. Right. There are many terminologies. They don't cross over to each other every single right. time. So we have to have an understanding of that. Right. You're real quick, Jacqueline, you're mixing three things up. Um, you don't have, you don't, you have the same authority, but you don't have the same ministry. Jesus, you're not Jesus. So you don't have the same ministry as Jesus. And you're not Paul, who was an apostle who had multiple churches underneath him. So Paul is actually instructing his own sheep. So you don't have the authority to judge another man's servant. Right? Right. That's what the Bible says. 
um, doing greater things, we're talking, we're not even talking the same thing. That's a different thing. Uh, and being a watchman is different. Yeah. Watchman uh, watches out for the sheep and he warns people of their sin, but that's not calling out people that are false prophets that you don't know. That watchman that was actually talking to that individual. So you yeah, can't right. mix all that stuff up. The watchman, the watchman on the wall was a, was a lesser or greater prophet. They were the ones that went to entire towns and cities and said, if you guys continue to do what you're going to do, then this city will be destroyed. God's judgment will fall on it. That's completely different than this. Is There's a lot of people who claim to be watchmen who don't even know the shoes they're trying to put themselves in. Right. A prophet, a prophet is, is a calling that nobody wants to do. And everybody, I see, oh, I'm watchman on the wall. I'm watching. There's a lot of people that, that are watchmen on the wall when they, they, they don't even know what they're doing. No. They're, they're, and a lot of people are pointing arrows at the people in, that they're supposed to be protecting and shooting at them. That's the worst kind of watchman in the world. Right. Like, you know, you're, when, you, when your watchman is supposed to be looking for the enemy and they're attacking the people inside the walls, that's not a good watchman. Right. And then you say, you say um, we're the body. That's correct. You're the body. And that's why God, that's why it says that he made some apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, to what? To equip the saints, to equip the body. The body and the leadership are not the same. They're not on the same level. Those are different levels, okay? And it also says that only prophets can judge other prophets. So if you're not a prophet, you have no business judging another prophet. That's outside of your pay raise, your pay grade. See, only prophets can out each other because you have to be a prophet in order to do that because, you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm a professional musician. If a garage band guy try to, you know, it's like, see, it doesn't work. Right. So apostles and prophets, that's the order. Apostles and prophets can only do that with prophets. That's just the biblical teaching. I'm not trying to rebuke you. I'm just letting, you know, we're just talking here. Yeah. And it's, and it's more, yeah, like we're not, we're not saying that you don't have, have that gift or whatever, because we don't know what God has instilled in you. And it's just, if you're going to walk in that, are we, are you doing it to the fullness? Because if you're walking and you're having an understanding that you're supposed to be doing one thing when God's actually calling you to do something else, we want to make sure that people have that understanding. So if it, here's, here's my biggest problem with anybody who says watchmen on the wall, they've got to do this. They have to teach all the Christians that the newest heresy that's coming out, they need to warn them. Then you have zero faith in the Holy spirit because the Holy spirit is supposed to be the one through discernment. If you have the Holy spirit, then you are supposed to be warned of the deception. So like th this is my, my biggest problem with a lot of people that, that they don't trust God enough to do what he's promised to said that he's going to do. So they feel like they need to wear those shoes. And then now they're going to be the one that's going to teach or correct or judge or whatever, or pass judgment on, on these people because they don't think that God's doing it or that God is going to do it. And I'm telling you that God is, and, and these people who are out there, we only get to see a snapshot of, say, somebody like Joel Olstein, right? I don't care for the guy one bit, but there have been thousands of people who have their only experience, their only outreach to Christ was through Joel Olstein's ministry. I can't to talk to a king who wouldn't listen to him. So God can use whoever he wants to, to do whatever he wants to do. It's God. If you say otherwise, then you've put God in a box. And God is far bigger than what your comprehension and what abilities he can use. I can go through time and time again of different instances where Nebuchadnezzar was used. You know, there were false prophets. There were, there were kings. There were 
evil people who God used just for the simple fact that he wanted to, to use it to pro progress his ways. So, I mean, you know, it's really hard to say, you know, so-and-so is, you know, like Trump. I don't like, I don't really like Trump either, but can I say that, that the Holy Spirit's not using him to push God's ways? No, I can't say that because I'm not God. Right. And here's the interesting thing about Trump. So when he first came out with his TV show, uh, The Apprentice, I saw, I, I remember saying, I think part of his success is from God because he honors the Jew and the Christian. Those are the rules. I didn't make the rules, right? If, if you honor the Jew and the Christian, God's going to bless you. It says so. So I saw that. And then there's all these prophecies about a Trump presidency before he was even, you know, while he was in the private sector. I can't ignore any of that stuff, whether I like the guy, whether the guy's a jerk or, you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, hey, there's a lot of people out there that hate my guts. I'm a nice guy. I just I just want everybody to be cautious, like because just like we said earlier, you really don't want to cross that line where, you know, the Holy Spirit is making a move just because, you know, the Pharisees did the same thing with Jesus. Jesus was healing people in the temple and they walked in and were like, oh, well, that power is from Beelzebub, you know, yeah. and Jesus then he had to eat flesh and drink blood. That's anti-Torah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's 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 a lot of things you just don't want to be in that position and you know, yes, you can warn people about things, but you know, just as well as I do, I spend a lot of time on, on Facebook and stuff and on the internet trying to warn people of stuff and they don't listen to me anyways, without the Holy spirit there, no truth is going to be discerned to those people. So, I mean, you, you're going to see better results by praying that the Holy spirit make the pathway for those people than putting up 500 Facebook right. posts, trying to expose something. Here's, here's a, a, a rule of thumb I, I use that might be beneficial. Um, I don't want to speak negatively against someone because if I'm wrong, that's going to come back on me. So I want to make sure I've got my nose clean and I've got my act together and I'm, and I've got, uh, uh, years of consistent obedience and fruit and blah, 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 right? Before I start going, oh, that Joel Olstein guy, oh, that guy over there, or that guy over there, or that guy over there, or that. Why would I want to put myself in, in, the, in the firing line of the enemy or, or God? Well, yeah, I think how many times are we, and I, I think the, the parable that Jesus talks about um, of the, uh, the wicked debtor, um, sometimes we can hold a person in that sin, in that pro or, you know, in that place, we can literally throw more chains of, of, uh, uh what's the word? Um, I lost it, but we can literally throw in and compound more curses on that person by sitting there saying, instead of being praying for them biblically, right. like we're supposed to, and you're saying, Oh, we'll curse this person, curse this person, curse this person. Well, you're just putting more chains onto that person instead of praying for salvation and, and the Holy spirit making right. moves in their life. And then you have to wonder why people think cursing another person is a fruit of the spirit. Oh, it's not. <laughs> no, it's love. Love love that person. Pray for that person. Do good to those that despitefully use you. And you know what? These people that you might think are false prophets and false teachers, you don't even know them personally, do you? No. They're just someone you see on TV or on YouTube. So what? That makes it that, makes it that much harder to judge their fruit. Yeah. If someone were to say that stuff about us. Dude. 
No, like I mean, <laughs> hey, really, hey, like, Chuck, takes, you're, you're lucky you didn't wear your pentagram shirt again. That's literally my point. <laughs> you know, I've been I've been, a, I've been a public figure since the '80s in the Christian rock music industry, right? And I did something. I was the first to do something, and it pissed everybody off. I did punk rock, and I I was branded as everything you can think of. See, everything people say about TV evangelists and all those guys, they've said about me as a musician. And yeah. Well, so, last week I was on Rob show and I wore my resist through the black resist shirt and it's a pentagram mm -hmm. that says with the big red X across it, right? And Doesn't it have a goat's head in the middle? Yeah, it's yeah, it's the pentagram with Baphomet head. Yeah. But the thing is and with a bloody axe. Praise Jesus. The comments though, <laughs> they were like, Oh my gosh, Rob, are you serious? He's wearing a pentagram. Get your head out of your butt. Like, what are you doing? You know, stuff like that. They're like, uh, and one guy's like, No, it's a pentagram, but it's got the big X out. It's like an Xing out, like resist the devil. And they're like, Oh, so you think this big bloody X makes the shirt better? Like, I mean, it was just like the, all this stuff about the shirt, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, nothing about the content of the show, just petty, stupid stuff. But that's exactly my point because we've seen the, we've seen the, the conspiracy stuff on the net about deep fakes and all these things that are coming, the technology that's coming out literally can make you say whatever they want you to say, who are you going to believe? Because what if a video comes out with me saying all kinds of crazy stuff? My friends that know me, they better be like, yeah, this is fake. You know, he would not say that. But I don't know that they would because it would be so deceiving that literally everyone might believe. See, that I, don't, I mean, at this point, you don't know who your real friends are because half of us only know each other from the net. Yeah, I don't have Which any friends. Change, <laughs> you know? well, see, I, I, look, I, I, look, I look at it as if we are walking where God wants us to be walking, we're loving our neighbors, we're taking care of people, we're doing these things. What kind of, what kind of lies could they say about you that the people around you would say, there is no way that that person's doing that because they loved me when I was mean to them. They were this, when I did this, they were this, they helped everybody out. There's no way, right? That if we're walking where God is given us the instruction to do, I mean, Jesus already told us, they said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Right. But why are we giving them any more reason? Right? right. We should be following in the footsteps of God. Yeah. I have a friend that was land blasting online consistently, like all these guys that I, I admire, you know, all these new apostolic reformation people. <laughs> anyway, he was land blasting these people. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I go, and I've known this guy a long time. I go, hey. Um, are you aware that in the in the 20 plus years that you've known me that all these various things have been said about me and my family and all that? He's like, there's no way, man. I know you. There's no way that's true. And then I'm like, that's my point. These people that you're land blasting that you don't know, I actually know more than half of them. And you've got it all wrong. You're 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 doing to them what people have done to me all these years that you can't believe is they could do that because you know me you know that's none of that is true you're doing the same thing to them and he couldn't grasp that concept yeah i well this whole thing the whole thing is difficult to to grasp for right a lot of reasons i mean one of those is just just the idea like we're not 
I mean, I know Ian and myself and, and Alan, I'm sure he's probably not going to be like, Hey, I want you to go listen to some heretic, right? We're not <laughs> condoning any of these people, your conscience, your discernment, your Holy spirit should be enough about that. Like, of course, if somebody was coming out and we found out they were sacrificing babies, you know, when they shut the, you know, the back door, we're going to say something about that. But what we're just trying to get people to understand is yes, you can, you, for your covering, for the people that you're involved in, the people who are under you, you're supposed to warn the people who, you know, immediately know you, your family, the people who are under your care. That is, that is that God set up a, a hierarchy, an umbrella, and that is who you're supposed to be in charge of, who you're supposed to be taking care of. But we got a lot of people out there who are, because of the internet, they're throwing stuff out there. They're saying things about people. That's, I think that's the biggest thing we're trying to touch on is the cursing. And, and it's not just saying, you know, F this person, F this person. It's putting curses on somebody or, or saying, when you say something physically into the air, like, you know, this, the, oh, this kills me or, you know, whatever. Like when you say those things into the air, this, they make ripples in the spiritual realm. And if you're accusing somebody of being a false prophet or, you know, being of the devil, you may just be putting a target on their back. You know what I mean? So that that's just going, we're just trying to get you to understand what you say literally affects things in the spiritual realm. It's not just words. It is something completely different in the spiritual realm. God created heaven and the earth and everything in it through his words. And we're created in his image. And he says that life and the death, life and death are spoken through our tongue. So there are so many different passages about what to do with the tongue, when to hold the tongue that that our tongue is like a rudder, you know, on a boat, that it steers our whole life. Like there are so many things in the Bible talking, just do a Bible study on that tonight about just look up tongue and go and read all the passages about what our tongue can do. And then you might think a little bit differently on the things you say about people that you don't know or the people that you should be praying for, especially if you, if you get the discernment that there's something wrong with them, they're doing bad things or they're deceived because we need to be praying outwardly for their salvation, for deliverance, for the freeing of demonic spirits of principalities, not cursing them is, is all we're, I think we're really trying to get at. Yeah. Let's wrap this up guys. I got to go to bed. Yeah. But, Alan, your website. Well, well, what are you going to do tomorrow? I got to go to work. I'm essential. Uh, I'm, you're essential I'm off tomorrow. So you're a Walmart I'm sleeping worker. In. You're essential. <laughs> I'm actually a Coca-Cola, but I work at Walmart. <laughs> but yeah, where's your website, Alan? Where do we buy your books oh, and stuff? Oh, uh, Planet yeah, Blue <laughs> Media. <laughs> PlanetBlueMedia.com. Oh my gosh. Um, you can get the books there. Never heard of it. All right. <laughs> Wait, All did right. you throw that planet part in there just that to get under everybody's skin? That was way before I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Alan, we love you, man. And oh, thank I you for you coming guys. on. Oh, so, man. Well, fun of me. they're making fun of me. Hey, did you know I can't reply to any of these comments? Is that on purpose? <laughs> I can't either. I go on to the actual face or the uh, the actual YouTube page and and do oh, it live. It's, it's uh, planet, yeah. yep, planet triggered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, flat Earth blue. <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't roll off the tongue. Well, the, <laughs> Deception planet 
Flat Earth Media. <laughs> just doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, PlanetBlueMedia.com. Uh, don't 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 hate me for my web my URL my web. And so what what are the just name them off again real quick? Because so you've got the feast days. So we've got the uh, we've got the that's a, that's a good one. Feast unlocked. It's a breakdown of Leviticus 23 and how to uh, you know the historicity, the apologetics, how to how to do the feast. Uh, there you go. The feast on the feast unlocks. Yeah, there feast you go. Unlocked. And then we have this thing is spiritual, which talks about the spirituality of music. Uh, it talks a lot about the prophetic and prophets, and a lot of stuff that we talked about, false prophets, and you know what, what the Bible actually says is a false prophet, and how what and how you're supposed to do. You know, it's a lot of spirituality stuff that we talked about comes out of here. And then the new book is the. 52-week devotional journal calendar. This thing is awesome. Uh, it's It's got devotions. It's got calendar journaling, uh, <laughs> prayer modules. And yeah. it's, the theme is Israel going from Egypt and entering into their promised land. And then the un, uh, this is the unedited devotions right here. It's the field manual. We have them both together called the excursion pack. Uh, it's the best value right here. Blah blah blah. You get it all right here. Uh, very excited. This is apparently this is highly prophetic because like we are, we were explaining, uh, which is really exciting because if we're preparing a people and if we're trekking down this journey together to come to this place in the Lord and in, in the Father because of what's coming. What and and see. Here's the, here's the key. What is coming? Well, when we enter the land, we're supposed to be a battling people because we've got giants we have to dispose of in order to possess our inheritance. Mm -hmm. See, it it's, it's one after another. It's, it's right? So I'm very excited about it all. Hey, yeah. thanks for letting me uh, hang out with you guys. Hopefully I didn't make anybody mad or angry. Oh, no, the chat, chat. We had quite a few people in chat today. Or, you know, everybody was loving it. So everybody was interacting. We, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. Thanks, guys. Blessings on you guys, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I could, uh, all we can do is just remind you guys with everything that's going on right now, start rebuking the stuff they're telling you on the TV, you know, to say, no, that's not coming over my family. That's not coming over my house. Yeah. You know, start yelling at your screens. It's time to take it back. Let's yeah, start doing some spiritual line. warfare. Draw those lines. Hey. Walk your territory. Walk your property. Absolutely. And I know a lot of you guys don't give it, you don't participate in the politics, but you maybe you should because you're still free. I mean, we're still kind of free, at least. <laughs> For right now. Yeah, I mean, there's some things that need to change, man. And, and if they're going to give me a vote, I'm going to use it. So, yeah. Um, but either way, I wanted to say thanks for coming, guys. Thanks, Alan, for being here. Um, next week, we got Jamie Walden. So bring bring a friend. It's going to be good. And we will keep you posted on the Exodus to End Gathering meetup tent meeting in Ohio. They let us Just, out of our cities. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we got a. Do we want to give a shout out and a thank you? I, we don't have to necessarily say his name, but a friend of ours um, who's involved with us on um, on a personal level and in our freedom group um, actually donated um, to our show. And we're going to be applying that. Maybe we'll get rid of this little duck over here, here pretty soon. <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of getting some stuff going on with the, uh, the website and stuff like that. So we really want to thank him for his donation. Yeah, that's awesome. And, is that really that will we'll make sure that really goes far? And um, 
I mean, just seeing we had 70 some people average watching the entire show. So, I mean, it's progressively getting better and we just thank God for everything that he's doing. We thank God for each one of you guys. And uh, we just pray blessings for each one of you guys who are, who are listening to the show and trying to be obedient and walking right next to us. We can't thank you guys anymore for being part of this Ecclesia, you know, so we love you guys. Yeah. Hit a thumbs up and a share before you guys leave, but we'll see you next week. Yep. Next Wednesday. Love you guys.